Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to a special Video Games to the Max. As uh, I am joined by not just Mark Morrison on this one, but uh, several other uh, folks that you've heard before, if you've been a long-time listener of the podcast, or just this year. And we are here to discuss our Top 10 list for Game of the Year, and also ranking them into the usual Top 25 uh, for W10Net.com, and then there'll be a written thing like we normally do uh, that goes along with it that'll come out after Christmas sometime. But uh, yeah, you know, holiday treat, as everybody's uh, getting ready, a lot of people celebrate on the 24th, some people, there's a lot of other people celebrate on the 25th, so whatever you decide to do. Enjoy your holidays and Merry Christmas. I'm your host, Sean Garman, here with me as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And joining us, uh, the, I guess the other member of the podcast, doing that video games to the medium sometimes with uh, Mark Jens. What's going oh, on, Sean, sir? Thanks for inviting me. Well, hey, always good to have you. And this this would not be as good or anything with just me and Mark, you know, so we gotta we gotta have more people uh for this thing. Uh and of course Mr. Randy Isbell is here too. I'm glad to be the the least qualified person to talk about two thousand and nineteen video games on here. It'd be great. Hey. You know, the games you will be able to talk about, at least you'll be passionate. Yeah, so. it's a valid perspective though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that's that's important too. So uh, we also had uh, two other people that technically gave their top tens. Uh, Daniel was going to be on the podcast, but unfortunately he suffered a uh, loss in the family, so our condolences to him. And uh, Stephanie uh, Diaz Saki Sakura, who you can go follow on Twitch, she gave her ten as well. So that those tens along with ours that are here talking all combine... Uh, because there's some rules to these top tens. The only thing that uh, guarantees actual placement into the top ten is either it has to be your number one game, or you have to have three votes combined between the six people that voted. So, uh, when, as we give lists of stuff, uh, you know, we'll talk about hey, we had three votes here, four votes here, as in the case for one game that. When I look back, it's probably not even in my top 15, but it made several other people's top 10, so it's in here. Uh, yeah, do so. the other members vote remotely, or... Uh, no, no, it's just us. It's just us, but do we take into account, for instance, that Stephanie is the other person with Code Vein on her list? We can, like, discuss that, but like I said, the only ones, the only times that matters is if it would have made it to where... That made it into a three or more. 
if it's two or less, you've still got to argue a little bit oh, more about see, why that you. needs to be in or not, you know. Um, you know, like Stephanie's number one that nobody even remotely had anywhere near, uh, probably because, you know, that's a, a game that requires you to pay to play. <laughs> and so, uh, and it's also very time-consuming, so... Uh, but, you know, that will have to be included in the list somewhere because she put it as her number one. So uh, even though it's very deserving considering, uh, you know, what that game has been able to uh, accomplish this year and just, you know, now Anthem has a guide to go on as to how perhaps to maybe make their ongoing game work. Work, yeah. That'll <laughs> so, happen. Maybe. Uh, maybe, you know. So let's let's start with something here because you know Mark and I kind of did a year in review kind of thing, but we didn't really talk about what like a theme from this year. Like what when you look back at 2019 in games, what this what come what stands out to you? So Jens, when you look back at this year. What stands out as like a theme for 2019? Gosh, an overarching theme. I'm seeing lots of anime. How <laughs> oh, is that different from every other year, though? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it maybe it's the um, for me the theme was games that with mechanics that I don't usually enjoy somehow being enjoyable. I would with, that that goes for me too. Goose so. game and Death Stranding. Um, I just really these are not things that I thought I would like, or even the Plague Tale. I, I'm generally not a stealth game guy, but like all of those were impressive to me. I'm the same way. Uh, if you would have asked me under any other year was Outer Wilds my kind of game, I would have said no. But uh, this year, it, it's it was something that stood out for me. Uh, and I'm not you know, a not space exploration the, uh, guy. Formula? What do you say? You don't. You don't usually do Fallout formula kind of games. No, oh, not Outer Worlds. Uh, Outer Wilds. The ah, yeah, the so that makes a yeah. lot more sense. I'm not a space exploration guy. I'm usually not a guy that likes games where you kind of just are given an open book and here you go and you figure it out. And that's very much that game. But it's so endearing and in how it tells its story and the music and everything else uh, that it got me into it. A Plague Tale also. Um, I mean, it's beautiful on the surface, but I didn't think that I'd get wrapped up in its story, and then I did. And even with the you know technical issues on PC, it kept making me want to play. <laughs> so um, there's that. So, Sean, something occurred to me since... Uh, we're talking about um, kind of coming to like things we don't usually like. The other side of the coin is there were a lot of games this year that I feel are refinements. Like It's almost like you've got a lot of daring, innovative stuff on one side, and then a lot of beautifully refined versions of systems that we all know and love that are kind of like comfy blankets to us. Like The Outer Worlds, or Fire Emblem, or Code Vein, those kind of games. They're just comfortable games, you know? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think you had a lot of that this year, uh, where uh, I think Kingdom Hearts 3 also falls in that category, where Absolutely. 
It's it's there, and it's certainly that same game you remember from all those years ago, <laughs> for the good and bad of it. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's another. I, I think uh, we've also got plenty of uh, remakes that were very well done uh, for this year. I, I think this is a year that showed you. You can have a remake, and you can also have a remake that's lot. Yeah, it's very different from its source material, and you can have the remake that's very close to source material, and they can both be great. It just depends on you know how much care you put into it. And I think both Resident Evil Two and Link's Awakening showed that. Yeah. Uh, Randy, when you think about this year, what do you, what comes to yeah, your head? I, yeah, actually, I, I basically agree with Yen's last comment about the comfy blanket thing. To me, 2019 came out to be a very niche year, and you see that when you looked at the, the Game Awards, Game of the Year nominees. I mean, all of them had a, a chance to win Game of the Year because they all had their own different fan bases. I mean, obviously Death Stranding, one of the more polarizing games of the year, but Sekiro wins, but that's more of a Dark Souls kind of game. So that fan base is very hardcore about the game. I That's just not my kind of game. I'm not saying it's bad, but that was so many of these games this year where I can look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's a great game. Not for me, but, but absolutely great. I mean, Fire Emblem, you're not going to get common gamer B to really get into Fire Emblem. But if you're into that series and into... With that storyline and that kind of gameplay, it was fantastic for them. I mean, I know Mark talked to me a lot about it, and it's one of his favorite games. And it, you, know, you just go down the list, other than, like, Resident Evil 2 did enough different where it was a little bit more mainstream. But everything else you look at, it's it's all hitting that niche market. Like you said, with, with Kingdom Hearts was that, that, that comfy blanket. Pokemon was basically the same kind of thing there. Devil May Cry 5, I very much enjoyed, but I like Devil May Cry games. Did it do anything different than the other ones? No, not really. But it was just, as as Jan, Jan said, it was just a refinement to their system, and it worked great. And so slick. That's one of the coolest games, I feel, this yeah. year. It's just as far as mm-hmm. the systems. Uh, Mark, what stands out to you from... I would say the inverse, kind of... Well, I would compliment Jens what he said about getting into genres that you didn't expect to this year. Like... Fire Emblem was, for me, like, I don't like the type of strategy games that much. Like, it's very much, like, a Disgaea like, format. And I hate Disgaea, kind of, because it's too complicated. <laughs> but Fire Emblem, like, really keeps it simple to make it approachable like an XCOM game. Uh, and the other one is, like, Remnant from the Ashes. I mean, I know Jens loved it, but um, I really enjoyed it because it's the first Dark Souls game I could get into, because it's not melee-focused. Like, it's ranged. So it's like, okay... This makes a lot more sense than walking up on some, some dude with a big axe and hitting him over and over. <laughs> See, I never play ranged characters in Dark Souls games. Neither do I. So then you just walk up to some guy and get, you know, you have to, it's the whole thing about baiting him to attack you and then you circle straight around him to hit him. We can defer our Remnant argument for a little bit later. And, but then <laughs> in, in Remnant, you just, you know, you just have a gun. So you just keep, keep him at bay and just shoot him to death. And it's like, yep. Yeah. This makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. Al, when I think about 2019, I think about just 
how many little surprises we had from like you know the goose game it comes out and it kind of takes over pop culture for a little while and it becomes this thing that all of a sudden you didn't know you wanted a game where you play as a goose but then you play it and everybody wants everybody complains about it's too short i wanted more time with the goose then you have apex legends that comes out and it completely makes you rethink what you need to do in the battle royale genre to the point where fortnite just copied all the things that apex did well uh and and also perhaps maybe pushed you know navy is uh something that made blizzard have to think about oh Maybe we need to get something else going with Overwatch as well because that's Apex is a little bit of two different games in one, which I think uh, helps that get, helps that game a lot. And other little indies and and things like I mean, Disco Elysium was a huge surprise I think coming out and then becoming this thing that everybody kept talking about once it was out and more and more people played it and you know it won it was the game that won the most at the Game Awards. Uh, so first, obviously for that reason, and I, I think also you know, for as much as people want to, either you really love this game or you hate this game or whatever, you know, Death Stranding I, I provided uh, a lot of that too, and also I think when Nintendo announced that they have an exclusive. Switch Online game, and then Tetris comes out as a battle royale, <laughs> and uh, takes takes the world by storm too. I think that was a kind of cool thing of just, and I think that's all done well by the fact that we didn't have this one outstanding game that you go, okay, this is going to win everything. This is the game that everybody's got to play, and it's perfect and don't worry about it you know you're going to love it whether you like this kind of game or not it's the game to go play last year it was God of War you know 2 years ago it was you know Breath of the Wild you don't have that way this year each one of the, we listed a bunch of great games but each one of them have some kind of issue you can point to and go yeah i don't know about that you know and perhaps maybe the only one that might skate a little bit as Resident Evil 2 Remake, but even then, it's still also you're talking about an old game that was just remade really well. So, uh, you know, there's just... I I think that's what's cool and also, I guess, weird about this year is you don't have that one game that you go, man, we're going to be talking about that game in five years or whatever. But Mm. there's also that cloud that hangs over this year of, of, well, Sony... Microsoft already announced they're working on other, you know, new systems. Microsoft already showed theirs off in a way, so we know 2020 is coming to deliver some fire. So this one's kind of like that. That year we're just waiting around on. If you kind of uh, understand I'm not ready me, for the end of the generation. Oh, but it's going out with a bang. I mean, it's it's oh, great. Man. It's we're on a roll. Let's keep it going. You know. But they're doing that also because they want to want you to see what kind of experiences you can have on those next consoles too. There's a a little yeah, bit of. I, I mean, if it's just all the same stuff running at a stable 4K 60, I'll be happy. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is like there are games right now that aren't running well on PS4. 
So mm-hmm. if they can get that working well, like Control or Jedi Fallen Order, that might help. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm so happy with games right now. I mean, it's really just quality. Lots and lots of quality. Also, exactly. Fire Emblem is, is a perfect game for this year. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, it's an all-timer. It's weird. Like, there's there's a lot with Fire Emblem. I, I see a lot of love for that game, but I also see people that, like, apparently had issues with how they changed the the gameplay to focus a lot more on, on the stories with those the three houses and everything else. So it's, yeah, if you don't like the social gameplay, you're just going to hate whenever it forces you to spend two hours on it all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's... I just kind of alternated. For me, this was Fire Emblem was like a big chunk of my year. It was like four or five months of my year was just, mm. you know, every other day or so I'd boot it up and I'd either spend two hours doing story stuff or I'd, uh, you know, do like grind out five or six battles and go to bed. Well, I mean, certainly. I played three, I played two and a half times, so, and it's not exactly a short game to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not uh, for sure. So, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say it can a lot upgrades, uh, like new game plus, make it a little quicker, but it's still not that quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's DLC before we get into new game plus too deep, but yeah, it's uh, it's great. Let's start. Let's start with these top tens. But before we totally get to that, is is there a game that like you felt? Man, I know we did some honorable mentions. So if you want to talk about one of those instead of one that didn't make the list at all, but is there a game that you go, man, I really had to fight to to put it in my ten or what? They like just missed it. That you go, man, no. this was a great game, and I. And I had to fight myself not to put it in. It's just, like, I wanted to put Judgment or um, Devil May Cry 5 or... There's so many games I wanted to put on the list. I wanted to play Jedi Fallen Order, didn't get around to it. So it really is just... Man, I know there's all these great games that I think would be in my top ten if only I'd played enough of them. Like, I feel like if I didn't play basically the whole thing, it wasn't qualified to go in the top ten. So that's really what decided it. So I actually didn't come up with honorable mentions. But so that's that's what it is for you. The ones that didn't make it are just ones that you felt like you didn't get around to playing, or yeah, I didn't spend enough time with exactly. So like I know that there would be, but it was actually kind of hard coming up with a with a full top ten to be honest. My my only honorable mention is probably going to be the tourist because I mentioned it a few times. I just really liked it, and it was a pleasant game or pleasant experience. But then like. It's hard to compare the Taurus against Kingdom Hearts or Control. So, is there a game that uh, Randy that you like? Looking back at the year, you go, "Man, I really wish I would have played that." Oh, there, there's several I want to get around to, but with money and time, I just haven't gotten to. I mean, Star Wars looks really fun. Uh, Control looks really cool. I want to try that. I'm hoping it goes on Game Pass years in like January, February before 2020 becomes insane. Uh, there's a few out there that I, I want to give a shot to, uh, there, but there's others that are just, I know they're going to be so much time sucks. Like I, I do like Fire Emblem. I played a couple. I reviewed one for the, the website a few years ago, but there, there's no way I could get into that with some of the games that are coming out next year. But yeah, there's a few that I, I want to get around to in the next month or two. 
That new Madden game, that's what you're looking forward to? <laughs> Actually, I've bought a Madden in like the last three or four years. Yeah, I'm a baseball guy. I buy the show. The show is my game. That's my $60 subscription. It'll be WWE 2K20, that's what you really want. <laughs> it would. If they would have brought back GM mode, I would have had to buy it. Because like I said, I'm never buying a WWE game until they bring back GM mode. And luckily, they did not this year. And they didn't put oh, anything in that thank game. Thank God you saved yourself the money there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been bad. Uh... So yeah, I mean, let me uh, go ahead and start with your your how many ever you want to run through here. Uh, I mean, I guess start with your your number ten, which is Gears Five. Yeah, I played it a little bit. Um, I felt it was it kept going on the track that they were going with Gears Four. Uh, what, what was there something that stood out to you for it? Oh yeah, that's a lot better than, than Gears Four, a lot better. Um, it's I think it's the best Gears game since three. I think it's also the hardest Gears game ever made. Um, I mean, my friend David and I we, we've played every one of them um, on experienced or hardcore, or whatever the like second to last difficulty is, which is what you are supposed to play it on, I guess. Um, and this is kicking our ass in, asses in ways that Gears never has before. Um, but the feel is... I mean, I think that it feels really, really good. The new enemies are cool and intimidating as hell. And uh, it's the best value for money of any Gears game. I mean, it's really long. I think it's like both side missions. It's like 25, 30 hours. It's got a kind of a little open world hub kind of thing. So it is different than Gears. Um, the, collectible, the collectibles are way more substantial. It's not. I mean, it's not. Uh, it's not a completely linear campaign like what old, what old Gears was. So I think it's just a really good Gears game. Yeah, Daniel also had it as his uh, number ten, and yeah, it's just. I liked it just because I really liked uh, Kate from the you know the four, and I wanted to see her story continue. So um, and she's got stuff to do. Yeah. So I haven't, you know, played. I'm gonna play more of it as it goes on. Uh, but yeah, I've been, I've been enjoying what I did get to play. So Microsoft, their one game that they nailed this year out of the two. <laughs> so at least that it's and it's certainly with Game Pass, it's worth going back in. And yeah. uh, somebody does the Game Pass that? Ultimate on PC. I gotta say that that thing is totally worth it. Like getting to go in and and play games uh, not on the console and just being able to play on the PC too and just you're paying, what, an extra $5 to do that? I think that's such a great thing that Microsoft did. Uh, no opinion. Mark, you and Stephanie both have Kingdom Hearts 3 as your number 10. Jens has it a, a little higher... And Mark has, or Daniel has it really high as his uh, number four. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we t I talked about it as comfort food. What I, do you got? Yeah. I actually just really liked how it played. Like, it was very simple. Like, you couldn't really lose combat, I didn't think. Like, because... It's, it's so many options for just destroying all the enemies on the screen at any, any, any time. Uh, it is a great game to half-ass. Yeah. 
the story's dumb, but it's what you expect. So, yeah, they don't explain anything. And there goes, oh, play Kingdom Hearts 358-2 to get the full story. And it's like, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, good production value. They fixed the gummy ship to not be completely terrible. It's only like 99% terrible now. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of combat options. Yeah, I just... I think the combat is just good. Like, I consistently enjoyed just the time, you know, beating up on the stupid Heartless and whatever other crap they were throwing at you. The thing that makes it really easy is the finishers, but that's also yeah. one of the most fun things about it. Yeah, like the like the uh, Ferris wheel thing, or the merry-go-round thing. Teacups, or... or the boat. Yeah, yeah. the uh, park rides. Yeah. Yeah. I love the key, the keyblade form changes. Like, yeah, that's what things. I like the most. Like the drill stuff, like the yo-yo, and yeah, all that crap. I, I will fully admit that, like, I, this is my first Kingdom Hearts. Um, I'm not really a veteran of the series. I watched some YouTube videos to catch up, and I really only understand did, the did, rough did, outline of the story. Did, did it make it worse or better? <laughs> because oh, uh, there, there's some I, I good, feel, there's some I, good videos. I feel like if if I watched Kingdom Hearts videos, I would I would learn, I would have Kingdom Hearts knowledge taken from my brain. <laughs> I would go from zero to to negative negative numbers. No, but what I'm really here is Square Enix lovingly recreating best offs of Frozen and Tangled. I mean, it's really the it's the production value that that really pushes this game over the edge for me. It's a perfectly fine action RPG, as I, as Mark pointed out, very simple. But uh, yeah, the gummy ship is good. Reminds me of old shmups, which is a uh, uh, nice and uh, you should, you should play, man, it's just so play pretty. The first games they were. They were interesting. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. My only problem, and I mean, it's, it's against positive, but one I didn't like is I didn't, I didn't like a lot of the game, game worlds in the Kingdom Hearts three, like a lot of the Disney worlds. They just felt empty to me, like. Well, they always are, but I mean, <laughs> like, I would have much, I would have really liked a good Gargoyles world or like a Wall-E world. Like we didn't, we didn't need Tangled and Frozen. <laughs> Okay, well, so if you're going to pick like one Pixar world to start with, it's going to be Toy Story. I mean... No, Toy Story is was perfectly fine. But then it's like, there are other, you know, there are more important game. you know, I would, I think, worlds out there that could have been re-explored or done better. Well, I agree. Like, I felt like Frozen, obviously, we now know why they didn't let you go inside the town, because they kind of showed that off a little bit more in the movie that just came out uh but you know just being out there in a bunch of snow the whole time kind of just was blah to me and then like i don't know why we needed to watch the whole let it go uh <laughs> that, that was a bit much i think because they could right they could and it was beautifully you know redone and everything except for when you're having a they pan over to Sora and he's like what <laughs> and Goofy's like gosh and like whatever it's like okay this just took me out of the whole thing but whatever no, I <laughs> you know? just want Goofy react I want a commentary track where Goofy reacts to every Disney movie <laughs> yeah I mean but it does have like you know if you're into the story like I am and you know Stephanie is I don't know how much you know Daniel is or whatever but uh, when uh, Donald dies quote unquote or whatever that that was sad and like to find out that he's like the highest magician or whatever in all of all of Final Fantasy lore because he's the only one that could do Zeta Flare and it's like really? Okay Disney we went a little bit too far or whatever. 
who just kind of accept the truth. Yeah, I, I, my issue is that, like, I get it that this is still going to be a PS2 game. It's the end of a whole saga, or is it? Who knows, really, with, with the Nomura and how he works. But, like, they could have done a little better job of telling the story. It felt really stilted. It felt really, like, just, okay, here's this world, whatever. The, the organization guy shows up, and then here we are again to the next thing, and... Whatever. I felt like they did a better job of tying in the worlds in the first two games than they did in this one. Uh, so, I don't know. That It hurt it for me, but I still enjoyed it. It was my comfort food for the beginning of the year. It's one of the few games I actually finished, you know? So, it is what it is. Uh, I, I know you did a spoiler cast, Jens, for Catherine Fullbody. Oh. Um, yeah, we've talked about it. Um, this is another one of those, you know, remakes that came out this year. Yeah, Would you say they did yeah, a really good job with it? For me, this is, you know, original Catherine, one of my favorite games of all time. And uh, this lets me experience that again on current gen. So uh, with some interesting, if somewhat shoehorned additions. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to put it on my top ten because it's Catherine. It's still fantastic in absolutely every conceivable way. Except the, the broken online, yeah, uh, which is why it's so low on the list. I think if if I had actually been able to subject Mark to this game uh, in co-op and done the bonus levels with him, I think this could have easily been number three or four on the top ten. But the the broken co-op is the deal breaker there. But it's still Catherine. It's great, and the the new stuff's good. It's not integrated as well as I would like. Um, it also creates some plot holes. The addition of the third Catherine, where like certain moments don't play right to me. Um, but, you know, it's no vanilla Catherine, but it's still Catherine. So they changed certain things that you didn't like particularly? Yeah, they just, uh, certain things get recontextualized. It's not that nothing gets taken away, it's just that the additions do fundamentally alter the story. Alright, going back a little bit, because I forgot to do this while we were mm -hmm. uh, talking... Uh, about it, Kingdom Hearts Three is the only other game where we have like a lot of people uh, put it in their list. Where would you, if you guys had to like take a stab in the dark right now with nothing really ranked, where would you say you'd put it ten or in nine. the top twenty-five? Two of us ten, had had it as number ten, and one guy had it as four. So like, number ten or nine would be fine. <laughs> Around there, you think? Well, let's put it there for now, and then we'll see how it goes with the rest of these. Do you think, Jens, that Gears 5 or Catherine no, really no, needs to be... No, no, I don't think they're going to they're gonna be in the top 10 at all. Okay. Well, Maybe I mean, we it's should... 25 games, so do you feel like one of those two be... really needs to... be in there I, for I sure? Gears, Gears, maybe. Okay. Even though it's lower on my personal list, I, I think that Gears is probably a little bit more significant a game. Well, Mark, another game that uh, has been talked about a lot was obviously nominated for Game of the Year in the Game Awards. Uh, Randy's girlfriend loved it. The Outer Worlds. Yeah, it's good. Um, 
it cuts a lot, a lot of the bloat away from a standard Bethesda game, which is nice. Uh, it's not glitchy, or, like, not that glitchy. Like, I had, like, one or two spots where it was a little awkward, like, animation-wise, but, like, the game didn't crash, or, like, I didn't walk, walk into an endless void, like, it didn't fall out four occasionally. Um, for me, like, the only problem with Outer Worlds is, like, really the story. Like, it just is, like, lacking a forward momentum that, like, I think Fallout 3 and New Vegas really had, and even Fallout 4 until it fucked it up at the end, like, it had a good narrative momentum that I don't think the Outer Worlds necessarily has that, that well. Okay. I mean, that might just be me, but it's like, yeah, I mean, this is good, but yep. <laughs> so, is there anything that makes it stand apart from well, the Fallout like, games, or, you know? Well, like, just, like I said, just the fact that, like, when you pick up an object off the table, everything else doesn't go clattering to the ground, like, you know, infected with physics, like, you know, Oblivion and Skyrim yes. and all that crap. So that, the things that are most in its favor over a Bethesda game is, I think, it plays a lot more, it's a lot more stable, a lot less glitchy, and also the art style's better, and the writing's better. I mean, it's got well, that, uh, I mean, you know, it's also a much like smaller writing. game. Like, you know, it's not like, Skyrim is a huge world. This game is very segmented by planets, and even, like, the individual areas you're exploring really just aren't Areas not big. But it's a matter of conciseness versus having a huge world that is basically empty or basically nondescript. So I would rather take, you know, the concise aspect than, you know, a world that has no meaning. Oh, it's way more focused than the last few Fallout games. Yeah. It doesn't put a bunch of crafting that you don't... Like, all the stuff that Bethesda... All the Bethesda bloat that kept getting added over the last few iterations. Like, that you don't know that. This is, like, a classic... Uh, this definitely the... has some bloat. Like, the whole, like, food-mixing crap. It's like... I, okay. Uh. I, I mean, but it's not integral to the experience. That's the thing. And you can really just ignore it if you want to. <laughs> like I did. Um, but, yeah, like... You know, good production values, good writing... Uh, the the the, the 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 universe is interesting, but it just it just didn't grab me like a like a Fallout game per se. Mm. But it would still be like a top easily like a top ten game. Because yeah, I mean it's Daniel's game of the year. Sucks he's not here to talk about why. But Randy did did uh, you hear anything from why she liked the game particularly, or well, you not from from talking to her about it? She's I think on her third playthrough right now. Wow. She's just doing a bunch of different stuff. She she wanted to make it the first game. She was going to 100%, and then she turned it on the hardest difficulty level and went, no, never mind. I'm good. So, like, pretty <laughs> patch. So, I, think, I think it's, like, pretty patch that stupid uh, elemental hammer can, like, break the game. But, uh, but uh, all I know that she said is this is her favorite Fallout game. Yeah. Oh, that says a lot. Like, like Mark says, it's. I think it's because it's a lot more contained. That is not as buggy. There's more to do. It's it's, it's a gorgeous game. Because while I was playing Death Stranding, she was over there playing The Outer Worlds, and I'd look over, and it's a very colorful, beautiful game. And she was always doing something. It was unlike watching her play like Fallout 4 or whatever, and she's traveling through the wasteland for 10 minutes before she was doing anything. A couple random battles here and there, but I think that with the smaller worlds and stuff that they were able to create it, it seemed like she was always in the action. And it 
honestly kind of tricked her into playing a first-person shooter game too, which was great. Yeah, I don't think there's any third-person viewpoint in that game. No, I don't think so. Yeah, so. That's fun. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, so Outer Worlds is another one that's kind of in a few people's lists here, and it we'll be talking about it later when we're kind of adjusting things around. Uh, a few for me that, I, you know, I haven't talked about. Persona Q2 is sort of the swan song for the 3DS. And what a history that system has by itself. But, I mean, yeah, it came out last year in Japan. But, you know, this year in the, the beginning of the summer it comes out here. And I think it iterates well on uh, Persona Q, the first one. Uh, this one sadly isn't so much about the other teams as it is about the protagonists of the, you know, the major Persona games that we, we have today, the 3, 4, 5, and Portable. And it's more focused on, you know, 5 because that's what recently came out. But uh, for me, it's still a fantastic uh, strategy RPG, um, dungeon crawling the music is great with remix versions of songs from all all the games, and uh, it it stands out for, for me. It's like one of the games I I had fun playing. Another one of those like comfort food things that I could just put on. It'd take a while to freaking finish an entire mission or whatever, but when I did, it felt good, and I could be jamming the whole time uh, while while I'm playing as well. Um, Baba is You is a game that will make you feel smart and stupid at the same time. Uh, it, it It's basically programming at its core level. Like, it just... The rock is you. So you move rock and you make it something else and that solves the puzzle. Or you could have an entire puzzle that's like five different things you got to solve and you're going around going, how the hell am I supposed to get that to here? And then when you figure it out, you're like, oh my god, wow. You know, but then you get to one where you're like, okay, I'm not solving this. Fuck it. Let me go watch a YouTube video because I'm not getting out of here. But still, I mean, I think as far as one of the, like, coolest experiences of, like, not knowing what this thing is, you buy it on a Switch store and, or, well, anything. It's on PC and I think the other systems, too, of just... It's here. It's this little game. It you know, it's like eight bit, and it it challenges you in in so many ways that you don't uh, you don't think about. And uh, one that you're gonna see me talk about a lot because I'm a music person, uh, especially when it comes to games. Cyanide, Wild Hearts. It's pretty much a music game uh, done all on an album, and it's like two hours, two and a half hours. But what you get to experience is like. Just psychedelic crazy shit going on while uh, rhythm game plays out in front of you and you're so many things it almost feels like um, that old like DS game like Field of Magic or whatever got hit into a harmonics game with, with cr crazy stuff happening at the same time uh, I, I just love that game It's you can pop it on and still play the songs out of order even, even though it's meant to be played in order and uh, it just I think each level is its own thing and it's it's cool. Like you'll there's platforming, there's running around and and just collecting these little diamonds that show up. There's uh, 
quick time events where you have to try to shoot something out of the, the there's like so many things going on in one game and it's it's very well done uh gotta give you credit for that um it looks amazing yeah it, it definitely uh certainly looks amazing the sound production is great it's if you have the if you see it on a sale with all these sales going on right now i would definitely tell people to to I, I pick it up on the switch right now for like mm-hmm. 10 bucks. yeah that's worth it for the 10 bucks there you're gonna get a lot out of it that, on that um we'll talk about listing in a second but i just want to go through these really quick for the ones that aren't here uh, we'll talk about Death Stranding later, but Stephanie has Death Stranding as her 9. Uh, she has Mortal Kombat 11 as her 8, which this is the game that she's basically chosen to be her stream game for the entire uh, year almost. Like, constantly when I see her on Twitter, she is asking someone how you get better at this, or she's using this person or that person. And for, 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 the, for that matter... What I've heard a lot about with Mortal Kombat 11 is the story mode is absolutely nuts. And it's yeah, well worth experiencing on its own. They, they always are. <laughs> well, but, like, that, this one, like, stands out, I think, above the rest of them is what I've gotten out of it. Is like, people really are loving this, even though, yeah, it's, it's a big thing for competitive and the fatalities are ridiculous <clears throat> and everything else. Um, I've heard the story mode, like, just really is is really good with this and it leaves it in a spot where they can kind of go go anywhere from there which is I think good for that series in a way um you usually play these don't you Mark yeah but they didn't send me a copy so screw them <laughs> that'll help uh certainly and Stephanie also has sign out Walt Hurts on her number seven uh a game we haven't talked... I, I sort of mentioned for what it does. I think it definitely needs to be on the list just from... Anything from going from having 2 million concurrent players at once when it basically launches to its ping system, which makes it to where you don't have to play talking to the people at the same time and also kind of changing the way you play with teams in Battle Royale, Apex Legends... Uh, Daniel has it as his number seven, and I just think it's it was a really important game that came out this year. I played some of it, and it's just it actually made me want to keep playing. And I'm not a battle royale person, so I just didn't. I I got caught up in other games and other things, and I didn't go back to it. But uh, it's a game I think definitely we're still gonna be talking about for a few years because uh, I feel like that game sort of breathe life back into Battle Royale because we were starting to get to a point where you either had the people that played Battle Royales all the time like PUBG and Fortnite and you had a lot of people that like after the Call of Duty Blackout thing people were starting to get to that point where like I think I'm kind of done with Battle Royale and then between Apex and Tetris 99 I think that kind of brought that back in uh, this year what about the Battle Royale mode before the Horizon 4 you know, there's such thing as like too much. I think I think that's where you get into too much there. So, uh, Mark, talk to me about Judgment. Yeah, I mean it's Yakuza. It's the same damn city from 
or for lack of a better word, or, you know, term. Uh, good characters, good story. Uh, not the best improvements, like the free-running crap is, like, dumb in that game. Um, but I really like, yeah, I like the improvements they made to the fighting. Uh, a very different game, like, style of game than Yakuza, but still in the same, you know, basic framework. Um, I mean, Yen's liked it too, or you didn't even play it, did you, or did you just t touch it? <laughs> I have played the first three chapters. Okay, I mean, you played enough, yeah, like, I think it's really good, like, I, I, I mean, I may not make a best 10 list, but definitely best 25, like, um, I think the problem I is, I mean, Yen's touched by it when we were talking earlier, it's like, there's some Yakuza fatigue, because they've been pumping those games out so quickly, that's the thing. That. I had just finished Yakuza 6, and I haven't even played Fist of the North Star yet. Heaven forbid. I don't think you really need to <laughs> spend a ton of time playing Fist of the North Star, but yeah. Oh, that's next on the list. Your list is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's a, it, it's a clever story, or, you know, an interesting one. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I like it. It's, I, I like that the the main character is a lot more approachable or interesting than Kiryu was in Yakuza. Like he's not just, you know, a, uh, an awkward board. You know, through most of the you game, like he, has, he has like some personality. Like whether or not it's good or not is debatable, but he has like a character. <laughs> Doesn't this game also have times where it's it sort of kind of gets into like Ace Attorney? I mean, kind of. Like, it has some of that stuff, but it's not, like, as fully fleshed out as you might want. Like, it has, like, a bunch of, like, photo hunts, or, like, pixel hunt stuff. Um, or, like, you have to, like, control a drone and, like, photograph stuff, like, photograph people. But it's all, like, really awkward. The drone racing is terrible in the game. Yep. And then, yeah, because like, mini games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not all of those are wins most of the time. Yeah. They have, like, a House of the Dead basic rip-off game, which is really funny called like Kamaracho of the Dead and it's like yep <laughs> I know I, I know who came who made, who made this game <laughs> uh, but yeah that's my kind of thought on it like I think I don't know if I reviewed it or I maybe got halfway through it but I'd probably give it like an 8 out of 10 would you say it's it should be on the list well top 25 yeah so but not yeah. it, it doesn't need to be like top it's going to be like the number two game on this list or anything like that. Like, I'm not crazy. And also, I didn't actually finish it. Because, like, it makes my PS3 run, or my PS4 run so loud, I'm scared to play it. <laughs> you can say that for quite a few games on this yeah, list. If you're using the original... Bad. If you're using the original PS4... Yeah, I... Uh, yeah. One of these days, I need to crack it open and just, like, clean up the fan and horrified by it, probably. <laughs> uh, Jens, you guys might have talked about this you know, on one of the podcasts, but you know, for any people that might just be listening here for the first time on this one, sure, which sure. if you are, thank you. Uh, what is Erica? Oh, uh, yeah, I haven't talked about this at all yet. Uh, Erica is a full motion video adventure game um, about a girl of mysterious birth who's got some kind of magic running in her family and uh, is abducted by an evil cult that wants to make some kind of sacrifice of her or maybe she's just in an insane asylum um, there are all sorts of 
ways you can read Erica, but eventually, you know, there's a there's a big conspiracy that you're going to uncover, and then you're going to have to make some choices as to whether you're going to take revenge, or join them, or whatever you're going to do. Uh, it's a branching adventure game. Um, the most seamless one I've ever played in my life. Uh, the transitions between interactive parts, which you either choose your own adventure type, you know, it's it's either choose your own adventure type choices. Or like light little object uh, puzzles, or uh, you know, hidden object puzzles. Um, but those transitions between those are so seamless that you just forget sometimes even to make an input. Um, the dynamic music integration is really great. Um, the score was by Austin Wintory of uh, Journey fame, and uh, the acting is really good. The story is terrible, but in an enjoyable way. Um, it uh, <laughs> goes pretty over the top by the end. Uh, but I'm just incredibly impressed with how slick and well done and high production value it is. And uh, FMV games are kind of my jam, so it's way up there for me. It sounds like the same story as Luigi's Mansion 3. <laughs> That's, yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned Luigi's Mansion 3, Mark. It's. I, I heard a lot of people saying this is their favorite one. No, I, I played it. It's good. Uh, it's hard. Like, that's my only kind of... I mean, it's not a complaint, but it's just an observation. Um, yeah, it's fine. I never played the other two, so I can't really judge on those. But I like it. <laughs> How is uh, Guigi? Does he help you? Yeah, you have, there's uh, a lot of puzzles with him. You know, you have to, like, you know... You might have, like, as Luigi, you may have to, like... Keep sucking on this plant vine to make, it, to make a door open. And then you have to send Guigi in to, like... Oh, he can suck in this plant vine as well to keep the door open, and then you can like move in with Luigi, stuff like that. So it's, you know, it's a lot about trying to figure out like, oh, can I use Luigi here, or do we need to like team up and like suck at this big boulder out of the way, or stuff like that? Yeah, I. So, do you like the? Well, you haven't played the other ones to be able to give a difference, but uh, I hear you can like slam. The ghosts in this game, so you can... Yeah, it's very much a Ghostbusters, actually. Like, you literally, like, yeah, that's the main thing you do to, like, lessen their health. Is you slam them to the ground. And you <laughs> like, keep slamming them. Just like Slimer in Ghostbusters. Uh, well, I mean, obviously there's Ghostbusters illusions in there, but... Uh, I wonder how the, the creator feels about that sometimes. Like, just, hey... They took a Ghostbusters game and made it better than the Ghostbusters. I mean, yeah, you're not getting knocked down for no dumbass reason like in that Ghostbusters game they made, so that's that's good. <laughs> uh, definitely feel like Luigi's Mansion 3 should be on the list somewhere. Yeah, I would say like not probably like maybe not top 10 necessarily, but it's solid and it's nice to, you know, Luigi having a game is always nice. <laughs> I don't think it cracked the top ten, maybe low top ten. Yeah, anyway. We'll see, there's a lot of games in here. Still. Yeah. We haven't talked about, so. Uh, with one of them being one that both you and I liked, Yens. I had it as my seven, you had it as six. Astral Chain. Uh, this is just a really cool game to me. Man. Like... Uh, you know, it's one of those platinum specials, but I think for what you can do with the legions, and also you're still controlling your character and the legion at the same time, and I think how they use that in tandem is is great. 
Um, I really feel like this game is the story would be so much better if your character talked. I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm fine with a silent protagonist. It's just these Doesn't emotional really. moments come, like the dad, the whatever happens to you know. I don't want to spoil it. Something happens to the dad, and it's just like the brother says something, and you're kind of just like. I don't know. It's like when I think about an action game, I look at like Devil May Cry 5 or something like that, and it goes, action games kind of serve better when you have, you know, that character, and that's who they are, and you're playing as that character. And, and you can still have them like create the character, but I don't know, use voice for something. I can just imagine that she has hidden depths. Oh. You just um, like silent like women. <laughs> this... God, uh, come on, Mark. Uh, Mark no, loves that. Really, it's, the story is not really what I'm. I love yeah. the anime aesthetics. It's a great mm-hmm. anime aesthetics, but the story, I don't really care about with this right. game. Um, I just like it as the platinum best off. Yeah, you know? I mean, let's let's face it. Except for like Nier Automata, like Platinum isn't really known for their stories. <laughs> no, I mean, come on, Bayonetta is. Yeah, like, Bayonetta is just good that, enough. The, I mean, it's not. That's the, that's the most story, not the best story. There's a difference. No, no, no. Uh, let's not argue about Bayonetta, the greatest game of all time. Uh, the <laughs> the thing about this one, you know, it's not their best game by any means, but it just it takes a little bit from like every other platinum game which i think makes it a little bit historically significant it's like the platinum sampler platter you've got kind of the, the loadouts from near the witch time from from bayonetta is there in some form you've got kind of the henchman system from wonderful 101 mm-hmm. so it's it's just it's just like as a here's what platinum is all about i think it's a great game and i like the music a lot uh if there oh, is the one thing wrong great, with it yeah. to me is that there's too many systems it sounds like it really clicked for you sean oh no yeah i loved it it's i just i feel like especially once you get a hold of the other legions and you Mm -hmm. can kind of customize them the way you want to you know build your build them how you want i mean i i have like i like the sword one and i like the uh the beast one i think the two out of the most but i wound up using them all of them at certain points and I, I think I that to, yeah. I can only keep track of so many inputs at one time. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 a lot. Um, yeah. yeah. A lot of times like I'd forget really... that you can control them and do the thing where you wrap around them and and like hold them with a chain. That's because I'm focusing on my stuff. Like maneuvering the chain relative to your character with the other stick feels really great. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like the lassoing is like some of the best lassoing I've ever seen in the game. Yeah, because you feel that like crunch from the chain when it gets locks in on the enemy or whatever, and the bosses are also really cool in this game too. Bosses are great. Uh, yeah, if anything, there's almost too much content. I mean, it's a really long game, lots of sites. And then the end game too has some really challenging stuff mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, that's yeah. not story related. It's just like just challenges you on the gameplay. It's really good too. But you know what? I'll concede. Maybe if the protagonist talked, maybe then I would care about the story more. The story <laughs> to me is so secondary in this. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, I guess that they kind of make it about your uh, other sibling that you don't pick. But still, just did you you pick the the female character too? 
Okay. We did about the same thing. <laughs> well, um, female character. Yo, Randy, I kind of mentioned it. Uh, I know you didn't play this a ton, but uh, Don't Make Cry 5. It's on your list. It's on Stephanie's as well. She has it as her number five. five. You have it as your number four. Yeah, I got about halfway through it. Uh, I'm on like mission 11 or 12 I think right now it's just more Devil May Cry which is fantastic I, I have no issues with it I like that they've added the extra character V which plays completely different than Nero or Dante ever have in the series and it kind of mixes things up I actually like him because he's the one that I can somehow get the better combos with <laughs> I suck keeping combos going with Nero but it's, it's just one of those games. It's I, I don't want to say it's beautiful because obviously it's it's very dark and red and bloody and stuff. But I mean the graphics are fantastic. The action is is very smooth and and they've done really a fantastic job of getting that combo system and and the RE engine with Devil May Cry just worked extremely well. And the story is fine. Uh, a couple of the side characters that they have on there are are pretty funny, but it's basically just there for you to. Try to look as cool as possible while you defeat enemies. This game is really corny <laughs> with the writing. Yes. It's funny. <laughs> Have you seen the like videos of them doing like the outtakes or whatever that uh, they kind of? Oh, it's it's so or bad. Can, it's like so bad. It's good thing. <laughs> it's, uh, no, yeah, yeah I, I Capcom, laughed. That's a Capcom staple right there. Is corny writing. Yes, <laughs> that's what they do. That's what you want. That's what I come to a Devil May Cry for. That in the combo yeah. system. Yeah. And, and I have and I have so to much say, flexibility. I, I thought I thought that I was going to get really tired of that double trigger song because every time you get into a fight <laughs> with with Nero, that 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 song just starts over. Oh, but it's, it's a so, great song though. It's so it's so good. It's such a good song, and the way it's paced out, it it just it, it gets you amped up, and then. Usually, if it's a long boss fight or whatever, that the the chorus and that song starts hitting and you get into it. It's 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 great. And I totally agree. It's one of the best looking games this year mm-hmm. for sure. The characters look fantastic. The faces look so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would agree. Would agree. I I just love just all three of the characters are good in their own right. Like just, I know a lot of times like you have like your one favorite. You know, but like I didn't mind switching between either of the three at all. They're just all three of them are fantastic. You know, and and a V is just I'm sitting there going like, really, I'm gonna control a panther? I never thought about that, but <laughs> here we are, 2019, controlling panthers in a in a video game. So um, I guess you never played Tokyo Jungle. I played that. I got I I played the part with the dog, the Pomeranian, and that was yeah. That's about it. Uh, yeah, so definitely uh, Devil May Cry is going to be up there, um, at least in the middle of the list, if not further. I uh, Mark um, Control. That's my game of the year. Um, but uh, what? How did you feel? What did you play Control on PC? I play on PS4. Oh God! Which is not, which is not ideal. Yeah, definitely on, not. 
except for when I would unpause the game or when I would pause and unpause it, I could like hitch for like five seconds. Yeah. Oh, the only I'm reason sorry. I didn't play on PC is because it wasn't on Steam. It was on fucking Origin or uh, Epic. Epic. I'm like, nope. I, there are several games. There are several games I missed out on this year because they were on Epic. That I don't want. I'm not gonna. It's play. a launcher. Yeah, it's an unneeded one. Something called Steam already exists. You put their games on that. It's like, yeah, it's like I, people were complaining about the, the EA Origin launcher. It's like, yeah, once they figured out it failed, they went back to Steam like good boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> it took them a while, though. But yeah, but Mark wants everything on Steam, and he wants every movie movie made by Disney. Yep. He wants it simple. Well, you can only do that just get Disney+. Plus. So good. I love Disney Plus. Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I, I mean, Control for me, I think, was just um, how how much of your enjoyment was hampered by the PS4 problems? None, really. Right. I mean, right. you just got I just got used to it. You know, I just pause it when I was not in combat or not in a bad situation, and then it was fine. But other than that, it was. I mean, it didn't like. It wasn't the smoothest game, or like wasn't like the most beautiful game in the world, but it was fine. It's perfectly serviceable. I mean, on PC, it's pretty, pretty good look. It's pretty great looking, and just, I mean, this is just, I like after Quantum Break was what it was. I think this is like totally remedy coming back to what they do great. It's just this weird storyline that could have been put in X Files or some other like Fringe or something. Uh, along with the, I, I like the combat. I know some people don't. Uh, I love switching between the gun and then when you get the superpowers or whatever, you get to levitate and then throw stuff around and do all that. Like that was really fun for me. Yeah, how uh, much just, of control have you played? Because I know you, didn't you just kind of recently buy it? Or I had played like at least five or six hours at a friend's house, and then I went through and played it again. Like, bought it, and then I probably played, like, 10 hours or so. Um, I, I actually have not beat... I, I mean, I put more time into you, but I haven't beaten it, so... Yeah. Like, I'm pretty I'm pretty far into it. Like, I mean... Oh, uh, but I, I love the story, and that's another thing, too, of, like, just including the whole... Playing stuff I didn't think I would like is, like... I like Remedy games, like, you know, I'd, uh, Alan Wake is one of my favorites of ever, and just... But, like... I'm usually not one of those that like likes to go and I collected stuff. Let me go read it. But this story was like so well done that I wanted to keep reading all the little things that you collect. And oh, the FMVs were fantastic in this. Oh yeah, <laughs> with the the doctor dude, <laughs> just uh, so good. I I think. Um, you mean Alan Wake's voice actor? <laughs> basically, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Hey, uh, when you got yeah, somebody that good, it wasn't a dismissive thing. I mean, he was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he was. He he added a lot of levity to like you know thing that's sort of rather serious. Um, yeah, I just I think they combined to make a a great game, and now like I want to see what Remedy does next after this. You know, um, do they? finally ever get to make another Alan Wake or is that you know I know it's a Microsoft 
thing. So I, I think that depends on if they can buy the property back from Microsoft or not, or if they own it. I think they actually do own it though now. Yeah, I mean that would be cool if they could do it. Uh, they decided to self-publish it back and back on Steam, so I, I assume they own it. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Jens, I mean uh, the Goose Game. I talked about it a little yeah. bit, but. It's uh, well, we it's all know it's in essence a comedy version of Hitman, with just yes. a really great high concept behind it. But man, it just feels so good to play. The button mapping is really smart. The controls feel very intuitive. It's genuinely hilarious. It just feels good being the goose. Yeah, like I like just going behind them and and honking and shit. <laughs> yeah, well. You know, as fun as by the end of the game, the the subversive thing of the game, I actually, I actually came to like and identify with the townspeople by the end of it. So I did feel, but the the final level in particular made me a little bit sad for the townspeople. Um, but <laughs> I mean, he is a bastard, that goose. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, man. It's really great. As I have the exact same complaint as everybody else, which is just uh, um, such small portions. You know, yeah, I'm surprised they gotta like be coming with some some kind of DLC for that game. What if you could play? As, what if you could play as Beaker? <laughs> I'd take it. Why not? They showed uh, you how I'm it's done already. Yeah, I'm just waiting for them to actually get a title before I play. <laughs> I really uh, like the didn't the doesn't the Japanese title translate to "Here comes the mischievous goose"? Something like that. <laughs> They said they were supposed to have a title at one point, but they just... They went with that. Right. To make it fit into the Gold Simulator kind of vein of game. Oh, but this is like 30 times better than Gold Simulator, so... Oh, yeah, but I mean, just... There's like a certain style of marketing. That kind of things that you market as Simulator over a year... You know, Goose Simulator 2019 or whatever. Yeah, I... I just, it's This is one of the games that I like... Hey, it didn't take you very long to beat on Switch or whatever, but it's just... I feel like Goose Game might be one of those games that you are talking about in a few years of just... Hey, this yeah. came out and... There was people playing it that I think don't play games just because you tell them you can play with a goose and they're like, sign me yeah. up, let's do it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'll ever forget making that poor kid rebuy his own toy airplane. Aww... Uh, yeah, that was that was sad. Poor kid, he didn't deserve it. But hey, you're a goose. You got to do what you got to do. Check out that list. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to talk about another a different animal, and uh, this case, uh, <laughs> one where you play as a gorilla, an ape. Uh, in fact, that just wants to get out and destroy things and destroy people. In fact. And what makes it, this game is also very short, but it's also very hard. Um, Rampage? <laughs> no, not that shitty movie. Uh, uh, that was, Rampage is an old arcade game. Well, arcade. I know that too, but so. <laughs> <laughs> more recently, that that shitty movie that The Rock just had to be in, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he redeemed himself with Jumanji too, so that's fine. Or three, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, Ape Out, I think, is it's one of those developer games that 
I don't know how they do this. Whatever developers they get, they know how to use music very well. And uh, they do that tremendously with this game. It's all about that. It's They use jazz drums, and it's all made to go to how you play this game depends on what sound comes out when you smack the guy's body against whatever. And you actually make a song as you go through. You're not hearing it right then, but you, you're sort of making a song as you go through and and kill all these guys or escape or whatever. Um, one of my favorite things was getting to grab objects and then just throwing at them and like taking out five or six guys at once. That was awesome. Um, just It's another one of those like it came out and you get it on Switch and it was just uh, a fantastic little game that uh, I enjoyed the hell out of and, and can come back to and and play again just because it's it's so good and entertaining for for what it is. Um, in that same way, I think Katana Zero uh, nailed that. It, it has great music, and then you also get to talk. I didn't put it on my list, but I just wanted to mention it. Of just, uh, it's a game where you use a fast forward function, and you get to be awesome and kill things. But you also have a therapist that you talk to at the same time, so. Uh, different kind of of side game uh, than it's kind of like the messenger in a way of having this funny little thing that you have to do as an aside, along with your your action that you do. So, uh, talk to me about uh, Fallen Order here, Star Wars Fallen Order, Mark. Yeah, what's good. great? It's a lot like I mean, it's Dark Souls. Light, like light combat mixed with like Tomb Raider or Uncharted. Uh, great production value, like uh, good acting by Cameron Moynihan and others. Uh, good combat. I mean, yeah, I would say like definitely top ten at least. Because uh, that's like the first, according to EA, it's the best Star Wars game in the past decade. Um, funny because they've made the past few Star Wars games. Yeah, EA just doesn't want you to remember that they've made the Star Wars games in the past thick. Yeah, they're all shit. Um, yeah, I just, I, I mean, that's the game that's currently taking up all my time considering all the other games I'm supposed to be playing right now. Uh, yeah, it's a, a good, it's actually like a good, it's a good analog to control because, I mean, it's like the same type of Metroidvania type of game where, like, mm-hmm. you can't open this door until you get, like, you know, the scomp link or you know you can't open this door until you get a double jump or you can't get to this platform until you get a double jump like control um so like these 3d metroidvanias that are coming out are pretty pretty good maybe not quite as good as the 2d ones but they hold their own uh and yeah i mean it's i think it's really great uh daniel has borderlands 3 is his number nope. five <laughs> yeah denied <laughs> nope uh, like the 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 actual gameplay is fine, more or less. Like it ha- might have some confusing maps here and there. I hate but the map. The problem with the game is. The well, Yen said he hates the map. <laughs> Why? Why? Uh, he has more problems than I do. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. There, there are times when I cannot figure out how the planes of the level connect with each other. Yeah. That's bad. Like, it's a three-dimensional map, but even, like, turning it around and looking at it from different angles, I'm like, what the fuck? How am I... What? And then, 
you know, Mark will be on the other side of the map, and I'm just like, oh, I'll just kill myself, spawn where he is, cost yeah. me seven thousand dollars or whatever. <laughs> I offer to pay it back. You just never want to take me up on it. Uh, the problem really is the writing. Like, it's the same oh shitty God. writing as, as Borderlands Two, was like magnified by, or magnified by like ten times. So there's no. I guess like Lilith is okay as a character, but she's like the only redeeming character in that entire game. Everyone else is just kind of an abrasive asshole, and that's like the best character trait. Like the the two twins are ter- or the twins are terrible. Uh, what they've done to Vaughn is a, a crime against humanity because he was pretty good in Tales from the Borderlands. Um, yeah, they just every character is just some this big brain jackass, and it's like please just stop talking like. And they never stop talking. Thank- thankfully, you can turn on the voice volume because if not, we would have stopped playing this game ages ago. Wow, it's no, so I bad. I turned it back up because I was not. You know, then you get to unskippable parts where you're just sitting there. Yeah, it has like a bunch of just like story beats that has gone for like way too long. Like, so, mean- so like, so like my my original my original goal of okay, I'm just going to turn all the dialogue off in this game and and enjoy dialogue free did not work out because as soon as you got to one of those I'm like okay I'm just standing around here for two minutes and missing out on content yeah so like the gameplay it, if they had a better writing uh, you know writing guy writer get, like Koji, Hideo Kojima to write it then, then that might be interesting um, <laughs> oh god could you imagine where that would go yeah at the top yeah. of the list Feel it funnier, <laughs> or get like get like uh, sweary sweary to write it or something, or Yoko oh, Taro. Yes. That'd be that'd be pretty good. Uh, no, just get somebody who's not a total bro, Seth MacFarlane wannabe. Yeah, poor man, it Seth is, MacFarlane. No, Ouch. there are occasional Seth MacFarlane jokes that are funny. Like you're giving you're you're insulting Seth MacFarlane by comparing him to Randy Pitchford. I'm saying poor man's. Yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah. Well, Randy Pitchford has been owned here. It's, so. it's, a, it's a real magic trick from Pitchford once again. So y'all's consensus is no. Yeah. Nowhere. Okay. Like the game, like, like I said, the gameplay is fine. But Purely just... as a Borderlands game, it's a bigger, better Borderlands. Other than the fact that the menus are pretty laggy, even after the patch, they still lag sometimes. Yeah. They were super How does laggy a menu before. lag? It's a menu. Uh, they, well, they it just, just takes they seconds away. to open and yeah. switch tabs. And, like it would take like fi- it would take like five seconds to like for like the menu or for like just the main menu to open, let alone like switching between like menu and inventory and quest log and stuff like that. So it makes comparing loot, which is kind of the main thing in the game, a real pain. Right. Well, <sighs> I'm sure Randy is going to make some joke here or something. Because he he uh, lit my ire about this this game as I'm <laughs> sitting here playing it. Uh, so Stephanie and Daniel both have it as their number six. I have it as my number five. Pokemon Sword and Shield. I don't know which ones they play particularly, but I had Pokemon Sword. And yes, this is at its heart, it is more Pokemon, uh, as every other freaking Pokemon game in the mainline series has been. Uh, but I think when you have a franchise like that, it's not necessarily about, well, we're going to go out. And not not every franchise can go out and be Breath of the Wild. And 
Um, you know, Pokemon, I think it still has its children's childish audience that it needs to uh, placate to no matter how old we get as the, you know, Gen 1ers that are out there. Um, all they can really do, at least for now, I think if Pokemon ever got time to be off, right, to get an Assassin's Creed, um, like get a couple years off or whatever, you know, Pokemon's in that same problem with like Far Cry and uh, some other game series that like they feel like this has to constantly come out every year, even if it's continually diminishing returns. And I think Pokemon Sword and Shield is... It's not that. It's it's actually a really good step in a first iteration on the Switch. Uh, the gallery region is great. Uh, they absolutely played up that region with adding in the the soccer stadium stuff and the the crowds chant when you do the Gigantamax or Dynamax, whatever. Yeah, it's a gimmick, just like all the other gimmicks that Pokemon has, but it works for that place, and I think... That's what stands out about this game is like this region is terrific. Yeah, they took out a bunch of Pokemon, but the ones that they added are all really good. Um, I kind of kept myself only playing with the new ones, and I kept found myself like switching in and out all the time. And the wild area is a total revelation for what Pokemon could be. If they could make the wild area more of a bigger deal in the next game or do something maybe the whole area, the whole world is like that, where it's just one big area that connects to these different towns and you have to constantly get in and out of it. It's not totally optional because you have to visit at least three times to get through the story, and it's a great way to level up your your party um, also because you get to just be out there and see different weather patterns and you only get to catch certain Pokemon in those weather areas depending on what day it is and all that kind of stuff, so... Um, I think they did a lot that's really good for Pokemon of, you know, whether it's a year or two from now of how they can improve it on the Switch, but there's a lot of good to take out of along with the, yes, there is, this game was rushed and you can tell, especially in, uh, certain places where they particularly didn't care about making a lot of different trees and uh, the game chugs when you do the um, the raids with different people as soon as the water is populated by people that game chugs because I don't think that the Switch really can deal with having a lot of stuff on screen this happens in other games too it's just it's how it is with the Switch it's not a huge upgrade in hardware like the other the systems are so um for this being the first iteration of Pokemon on Switch that we knew they weren't going to change a whole lot of, uh, I think this does a a great job for what it is. Um, uh, you know, Daniel and Stephanie aren't here to talk about their piece on it, but that's just how I feel. But I think they did it for the most part. It's still an enjoyable game that that iterates instead of going backwards. Uh, so, moving along here, uh, Remnant from the Ashes, you talked about it a little bit, Mark, but why why is this game uh, so high on your list? I think it's one that you don't see a lot of other people talking about. Yeah, I think it's the, 
they, uh, they aren't skilled as players. Um, I, I, like I said, I think it has good environments. Uh, like, it has an interesting world, like, where, you know, humanity's trying to survive. I, I just really like the gameplay. Like, like I said, like, the ranged combat is good. Um, it's a little weird. You can only have two members, like, two party members, not three. Like, a f- traditional four-player co-op game. Um, but the fact that you can, like, re-roll the world to keep all your gear and, and skills is pretty good. Uh, I mean, I think the end's have a problem with the bosses. Like, bosses are really kind of the same. Like, there's always, like, a big boss, but they always like, spawn in, like, a bunch of ads and stuff, sometimes endlessly. Um, That's the deal, I thought they were most were mostly fine. Like, there was, like, one or two bosses that were, like, really annoying, but... I mean, you could say the same thing about most Dark Souls bosses, I think. <laughs> most Dark Souls bosses do not spawn endless mobs of exploding little guys. They're so annoying. So. <laughs> not at all in the same way. Uh, like, I know, uh, I mean, Yenzo will fight passionately for Code Vein, and even, like, The Surge 2 is probably like, a better traditional Dark Souls game, or Dark Souls, like, you know, one of those types of games, but... I just really fell in love with uh, Remnant. I can't wait to see more. Or I wish you could. I wish you could really play it on PC to like, you know, really poke and cheat engine with it and really have some fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I could pretty much go back to that game ever if I really got into it. Like I find like infinitely replayable, like you know, a Binding of Isaac or like a Spelunky or something. Fair enough. I mean. Yeah, I mean, both Stephanie and Yens have Code Vein listed on the, on their top tens here. Uh, it, for me, it was a game I fell off pretty hard because I like the I anime know. aesthetic, but I, it just made me made me realize that Dark Souls is just not for me. It's just Man, not for I, me. I'll play Remnant. You may make you like that one then. No, I definitely I don't want Dark Souls in a shooter. I feel like I don't. I can do things in a melee uh, game that uh, I don't think I can. Pre- you know, you have to you have to be really uh, on your toes in that thing. You're constantly under fire from all sorts of directions, and uh, it's hard as hell. So, I don't understand uh, why Mark loves it so much. It just feels like a shooter where you have to be super careful and precise all the time, which I don't like to do in a shooter. I like to do that in a Dark Souls game. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like the same. Well, you like to do it when you're in melee combat, where the guy can easily get the drop on you better than than in yeah, ranged. But, no, but that's then it's all about blocking and dancing around them and all that stuff. Yeah, it's about you know when you're blocking on every corner while you, you walk around because you make a jump by some guy you never you don't know he's there. <laughs> right. So this just totally comes down to personal preference. Yeah. I heard Sean on the last podcast talk about how he didn't like the map in Code Vein, and that to me is crazy because I love the map in Code Vein. I love how it tracks your footsteps through the map, so you can always see exactly where you're going, where you came from, which areas you've been in before. I just, even with the footsteps, I couldn't tell because the map, when you're going through that area itself, because the those enemies keep coming back, I'm just kind of like, well, have I been here before? Have I not? I was confused, <laughs> like yeah. so. I was just like, you know what? I don't want to have to keep watching a YouTube video to figure out where I'm going. So, uh, whatever. But I mean, I like the, I like the other things about it. It's just I don't know. 
Man, I did not get lost very much in that game. I think that game is one of the best and most straightforward maps. I love the uh, the different um, how you gain abilities in that game. Oh yeah, like, yeah. We'll, that, we'll get that's to that good. When we, when we get to my my top two, because you know this is a game that really knows how to encourage you to uh, swap up playstyles all the time. Well, go ahead, because Stephanie has it as her number four. So. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I'll I'll just talk uh, about Code Vein, I guess. Uh, the last time Mark and I uh, talked about it, uh, I had only heard the soundtrack. That was kind of my gateway into Code Vein. Um, and then shortly after, Mark made me aware of the fact that there was a sale, so I grabbed it. And I've been basically just playing it religiously ever since. Um, I've put as much time into this as I did into Fire Emblem or Death Stranding. Yet the time has just flown by relative to those games. Like it hasn't felt. Like, it's felt like I've been playing Fire Emblem all year, yet I've put just as much time into Code Vein, and it just feels like, you know, maybe 10, 20 hours. Um, because this is, you know, we talk about comfy blankets, you know, this is um, combat that feels really more like classic, like Demon Souls or first Dark Souls than any other game I've played. Um, definitely the closest to a Souls feel I've gotten outside of From Software in terms of the just the basic feel of the combat. But then the systems on top of it, of course, are much friendlier than anything From would ever do, right? You get constant AI companion, who's pretty darn helpful. You get that map, which I love, and makes you feel like an explorer because, you know, it's it's the the, the uncovering of the map is kind of a twofold thing. Where first you will trace the outlines of the map in footsteps, and then eventually when you find the the smaller missiles and activate them, it starts uncovering the map. So and the overlap between those two things is kind of interesting. Like sometimes you'll uncover an area where you weren't yet, and you're just like, okay, I haven't been over here, and I see there's a corridor, so I'm gonna see how I get there, kind of thing. Um, it's just the exploration feels great. Uh, but you know, as you already spoke to Sean, this is a game that lets you respec all the time. You constantly earn new classes. You constantly earn new loadouts. You will want to, uh, you know, switch classes all the time. Because, you know, when you play with a new class, you learn the skills from that class, and you can then inherit those skills. Mm -hmm. And after you inherit a skill, you can then use that skill with another class. So it becomes a thing where you just kind of keep cycling through. You want to be using all the skills to level them up and and kind of just catch them all, so to speak. This is actually, man, considering how frustrated you are by just getting around in this game... Like, I'm trying to actually 100% it because the skills are... And, and also the best ending are kind of tied to the collectibles. Right. And I have uncovered 100% of all the maps. I just haven't found all of the... They're called vestiges. They're like little memory fragments that you collect. And every time you turn in one of those memory fragments to Io, who is a lady in your um, control room... In your, yeah, the lady in, with uh, the white uh, hair. Base. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll get a little uh, flashback where you walk past a bunch of memories... Um, and you get a new skill unlocked most of the time. So I've been trying to get all of those. Um, and uh, I mean, it's just an utter delight from a playstyle customization standpoint. And has um, a really great character creator too. The character creator is amazing. My only complaint about the character creator is that you cannot independently control your uh, breasts and your legs. Like you scale them up and down together. So you can't make somebody who's like very thick. Anyway, uh, the um... I'm not even getting into weird fetish fetish right now. Okay. 
Anyway, uh, the point is there's hours and hours of tragic anime backstory here to discover. I mean, like, a lot. There's actually just an insane amount. Like, every character in your base, every one of your... You're a bunch of do-gooder vampires who are trying to heal the world. It's a crazy anime story. But they, yeah. everybody has their own tragic backstory where, where something terrible happens that they have to get over, and you're just kind of putting it all... Putting the world back together in a way, healing the world. And uh, it's cool. Uh, it's anime it's like Dark Souls. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, man, I love the level designs. There are some levels, like there's a level called the Cathedral of Sacred Blood, which is just this brilliant, like, symmetrical, but brilliantly folding in on itself labyrinth um, that is visually reminiscent of... Um, do you remember the, uh, the clean, white sky castles of Dark Souls 2 and 3? That's kind of what it looks like, uh, but it's just this labyrinthine I construct. I don't think anyone else here has played Dark Souls. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think Mark you, tries to forget most of Dark Souls anyway. Yeah. Right. So it's like the nicest to me. It's the easiest, and the, it's like playing Dark Souls after you've done a lot of grinding. Like it feels a lot more relaxing. The bosses can still be tough. The final boss is a fucker, but uh, you know, it's just a friendlier, more flexible Dark Souls. So it's kind of exactly what I what I want. Okay, so is that the reason why Stephanie has a Zer number three and she loved it when she reviewed the game? It's obviously, you know, one game of the year. Well, it's like her catnip because it's anime and vampires. What more do you want? No, I'm not talking about Code Vein. I'm talking about why he didn't have Sekiro Shadows oh, yeah. Die Twice. Sekiro, to me, uh, strays um, too far from the Souls formula. You know, Sekiro is, it's again, it's more of a stealth game. Uh, you don't really have different... You level up one weapon. There are all sorts of mechanical differences. And um, I just didn't get that into it. Like, I got into Code Vein. Fair but uh, each their own, you know? I love the Japanese history aspect of it. If it wasn't because it was Dark Souls... I, I, I kind of want to just, like, go and watch the game, maybe. <laughs> just to to get that part of it. But Like, I've seen some of the battles, and they're amazing... Uh, some of the bosses are pretty cool for Sekiro, but yeah, um, it's it's obviously a game that uh, a lot of people love this year. Some people didn't, obviously, uh, like you said, Jens. Uh, so that well, one's I mean, going to be might interesting. I still go back to it. I just kind of fell off it, so I just have to make myself at some point hunker down and actually play it. I know. I don't know that there's much more to say about Tetris 99. I don't know if you guys. Want to say anything else about it? It's still cool. I mean, it's not on my list, yeah. but I liked it. <laughs> it's the game. It's the game I never knew I wanted, but I, I, I it's that game I go to. It's like I have twenty minutes. Yep. Have it's the ever, forever game. Got, yep. Have you ever got to number one spot? Yes, I've won it a couple times. Okay. I'm. I've, I've done two. I've done number two so far. But I can't. I can't stop playing it. You know, at its you've got at its core, you've got a really good, competent Tetris game. And then that one versus 100 concept just adds irresistible stakes to it, right? And, and yet, somehow, there's no shame in losing in the one versus 100. So it's never as disheartening to me as other competitive games. Yeah, I, I think the thing that, that works so great with Tetris 99 is, I mean, with, like, a, I, like I played PUBG with friends and stuff, and there'd be times where you finish 15th and you've played 40 minutes. With Tetris 99, the, the game's going to take five minutes. Yep. And you win. And so it's it's really quick. So like like you said, you never feel bad that you finish sixty second because it's like all right, you just hold A and 
10 seconds later, you're in another game, and three minutes later, you're out of that one. It's just a lot of intense the Tetris play that is, I, I found was a, a perfect mix. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a... Like, I enjoyed Tetris Effect because I could kind of play Tetris in my own way with awesome music last year, but I'm not that great at Tetris where I could do a Battle Royale, so that was not a game I was going <laughs> going to play um, at all. Uh, a game I did play a little bit of that Mark seems to have loved a lot, Bloodstained Ritual Tonight. Uh, unless you played it on Switch, then, you know, whatever, but Mark... What yeah, is great they, about Bloodstain? They made a modern Castlevania. Uh, fantastic music, because they got the girl from Castlevania to do it. Of course. Uh, really good uh, like improvements or differences to the weapon system. Like You don't just have a whip or a sword. Uh, you have you know, this, the summon gems, all the devil gems, essentially. Uh, or shards, really. But you can play that game a lot of different ways. Uh, there are some builds that like completely break it, which are a lot of fun to use if you know what you're doing. Uh, decent enough story, uh, and yeah, classic Metroidvania. Do you like I mean, the art style? I mean, it's okay. It's not my favorite. Like, I mean, I like the chunky look of Symphony of the Night more, but I mean, this is a lot more detailed, obviously, because it's 3D and 20 years newer. Um, but. It works enough. Like it looks better than that, than that like initial trailer for one. I mean, that looked bad. I thought, but this holds its own. I played that first level and I was surprised at how fast. Just in that first level alone, you get a lot of different weapons, and it lets you play how you want to very quickly. Instead of, I thought you were going to be like kicking and, uh, you know, hitting people with that dagger for most of the game or whatever and the fact that you like get a whip a claymore a sword and i don't know how many other things like all within that first level if you explore yeah that partnership place yeah like that was really cool to me like it lets you play how you want really fast so and that's you fun haven't really, you've barely seen anything like you get so many yeah. crazy weapons in that game that you know, like, the, like the stuff you're playing with even now is like wow that stuff is all well like, even even like the magic would would uh, replenish really fast which I know in the older games you didn't get to use the abilities that much so I mean you did you just had to, you just had to kind of spec in that direction and like alright now I have to equip like the mystic pendant to get magic back and all this other crap right so uh, but yeah I think it's like top 10 like I'm it's like the one big uh, kickstarted game that actually works well or you know came out that didn't completely implode that's fair enough I think like Mighty Number no. 9 or Star Citizen and all that other crap oh well that's or you, remember Ukulele uh, hey you... yeah Randy liked it good. it was good it was it, it was a little bit too old school for, for hey, today, it... but Ukulele was was a very fun game stop it and, it did, and it did well like, enough it got DLC. Aren't you the guy that also likes Conquer quite a bit? Or is that no, that's, no, that's, that's Robert. I hate Conquer. Oh, okay. I hate Conquer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Banjo, that's another thing. Right, Banjo's my boy. Yeah, you can Especially go play him in Smash. 
Don't talk about the car one. You mean the good one? <laughs> it is a great game in its own right. What, nuts yeah. and bolts? Yeah. Yeah, it is a good game in its own right. I agree. It's but, maybe yeah. not... But, but yeah, seeing, yeah, I mean, I'd see it in the top ten, but I mean, I could see why it might not be, because there were just a bunch of other good good games that are probably more popular. <laughs> like... Yeah. Uh, well, I talked a little bit about Outer Wilds. I think just I just love how that thing. It look, it's a it's a it's a Groundhog Day sort of story, but like how you get to explore that world and meet different characters and learn about your past along with like the history of your people along with the history of those people uh, that you're going to. The music is is fantastic in that game it's just it's not like the graphics aren't out of this world or whatever they're kind of cartoony or um you know like a 3d sort of in that way but just from being from an indie developer um just like you know uh disco elysium which it's not anybody's list but I mean, I played uh, 20 minutes of it, so I, I'm, that's not exactly enough to warrant a judgment either way. Did you die yet? No, uh, I just found a shoe. Okay. <laughs> a shoe. That's, that's good right there. Um, another game I enjoy a lot, so my number three, is Slay the Spire. Look, I'm not a person that likes roguelikes very much, and until this year where I played SteamWorld Quest and this game, I didn't really know I liked card games where you are doing something else besides playing a card game <laughs> so um, what I loved about this game as opposed to SteamWorld uh, which SteamWorld has like the characters that have to combine in order to make the this just gives you here's your deck and your enemy is going to tell you what you have to do and you have to figure out a way to stop him from attacking you and if you can't you got to try to way to, to like diminish his attack so it doesn't kill you or really damage you or whatever. So you can go on the next turn and try to really damage him. And you go on and it's a different route every time. So it's cool. And you also unlock different characters. I just really, really enjoy this game. And it's a game you can like... It's on Switch. It's on, you know, everything. But um, it's on Game Pass too if you have that. It's, it's a game you can pull out there really quick and play... And I just I just found it like really enjoyable in that it's a card game that I think is going to be the way that maybe card games go from now on. I mean we've seen so many of these card games that are you know in the traditional sense kind of go down this year. I think this is going to be the way you're going to see it continue on, and so the spire kind of leads the way uh, in in that context. Um. Well, a game that I think almost is unanimous uh, in how much it is loved by everybody here is Resident Evil 2 Remake. Uh, it's Everybody that voted for it has their number two. Uh, just, just, like the game, just like the Game Awards. <laughs> yeah, basically. It got nominated for a bunch but didn't win anything. <laughs> well, I mean, I think this game is now, I think, the standard of when I think of a remake, I think about Resident Evil 2. Like, it's just... I never wanted to play a Resident Evil game, but I played this game, and now... 
I wanted to go back and play the Resident Evil games because this one is so good and just so well done. The map is one of the best things I think they improved upon. It's just you can clearly see where you have been and where you have not been and whether you got stuff that in there or something or you didn't. Um, you know, Randy, why did you love Resident Evil that much? Uh, well, I mean, I was Resident Evil 2 like the original was one of my top 10 favorite games of all time. I mean, I speed run that game a little bit. I'm not great at speed running it, but I, I just love playing that game over and over. So hearing that they were finally remaking this because they did such a great job with the original, with the first resident evil remake was, was fantastic. I was so excited and I, I'm both like thrilled that it came out and, it went well above my expectations of what they were going to do, but it's still, as a big fan of Resident Evil 2, a little disappointed that they didn't go even farther with it. Uh, the RPD is probably the the best location in video games this year, uh, especially once you get Mr. X, and, and it, it's so fantastic. There's just little things everywhere, and like once you finally start getting comfortable with it, you know, Mr. X says, no, you're not comfortable, I'm chasing you. Everywhere except for Sabrams. But the thing that I was a little disappointed with this game was they have the two scenarios, the A and the B, which was revolutionary back in, what, it was a 97 when the original game came out, where you had both characters, you play as one, and then you play as the other one, and it's supposed to be at the same time. So if there's a couple sections where if you pick up an item, the item won't be there. And I don't think they, they fleshed it out as much here in the remake. I was like, you're on the PlayStation 4 now. This should be your chance to really be able to open this up. And instead, you play as Leon and you get through the game and then you start the Claire campaign and you're doing the same puzzles and you're going to the exact same rooms. And other than one place where you kind of go in a different direction, like in the original, it's you're almost playing the same game. And it, that part was disappointing. And the second half was a little underwhelming but that's all resident evil games but the rpd was so good that it makes up for all of the other nitpicky things that i find in that game mark yeah i mean i look i look the first one too like i even read the stupid resident evil 2 novelization as a kid uh yeah i think it was a great remake the only part i actually just didn't like uh was i mean i didn't really care about the ab zapping system that much because I thought that was just kind of weird in the first game, or the first, you know, the first iteration. Um, I really didn't like the Sherry stuff in this game, like the whole stealth, bad stealth game when you're hiding from the chief. It's like, oh man, this is bad. Like this, that's the only time I actually died in the game. Like I died multiple times. Um, but yeah, I think it, the combat worked really well. Mr. X was good. I uh, can't wait for that Resident Evil Three remake. Yeah, you know, next no year. Joke. Um. Yeah, the, like the police, uh, the map is like you said. The map is really good. Like, okay, it's like, all right, I hit, I found this door that has a diamond etched in it. And it's like, okay, it marks it on the map. So now that I have this stupid diamond key, I can go back to this mm -hmm. door and see what's going on. Um, yeah, the only, I mean, the only other problem, I mean, I thought they went far enough. Except the only other problem was they should have, like that stupid EGM hoax, you know, years ago. They should have put Akuma in the game so you can play as him. <laughs> I, I really like how they did the zombies uh, as well. Like they, uh, it's they look so fucking awesome. 
and and just with the the graphics upgrade and everything, and it's just it made me have to learn like, oh, I don't have to shoot these things in the head. I can just you know, let's shoot them in the leg, and then the leg blows up, and then he can, he walks really slow or whatever. And it's just it's um they did that really well too. Like this, it it. It, it doesn't feel like you're running out of ammo or whatever, but they make you have to think about it. And I think that kind of adds to the survival horror part of the game, too. Uh, you know, so... I, I just think they really did this game... Like, if somebody that's coming into it new, I enjoyed it even though I don't have that nostalgia. And I think that's something that yeah, speaks a I, lot. I, yeah, it's really good for new players. I, I, I kind of want to check out Resident Evil 7 right now. Because I know it's very much based on that game engine and see how it's different or something. Randy liked it. Yeah, it plays completely different. I mean, that's a first-person game. Uh, and it kind of, the same situation with 7 happens with 2, where the, the first half of that game is beyond good. And then it kind of trails off a little bit. Um, the, the last hour or two of that game is a little rough. It gets a little too action-based. Before I tackle that. But 7 is... is was was really really good and again that engine is it's fantastic but like like you said sean this game was perfect for super fans like me and and newcomers like you where like there's not a lot of lore to learn from in the resident evil series i mean there is over the whole thing there's there's videos all over youtube if you want to get into the, the craziness of wesker and the t-virus and, and all of that but as far as just the single game you're not going to get 20 minute cutscenes. they're all hidden in little notes that you can find if, if you if you care enough and my favorite thing is they kept the nostalgia of the map i mean the rpd for the most part was almost identical to the original but all of the puzzles were different the, the, hmm. the mapping like the, the way you go around the rpd was completely different so it was it was both new for even like hardcore fans like i am of the game so it they did it so well and that's why i i hate to call it a remake because really all they remade was the base of the story, which there's not a ton in this game. Other than that, they, they really changed a ton and made it a completely different experience, which was fantastic. Well, uh, lots of glowing praise of Resident Evil 2, so we know we're going to be discussing it in that top five realm when we get there. Mm-hmm. And finally, we get to our sort of our games of the year, I guess. Uh, these will all be in here somewhere. We'll have to iron out exactly where uh, when we get to that. But so Stephanie has Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers as her game of the year. She talked about this a lot, about loving it. Of course, many people that are huge fans of Final Fantasy XIV when it made its comeback have been saying this is the best expansion of all of them. Uh, it does a lot for uh, Final Fantasy XIV and where it's going to go from there. Um, uh, uh, Daniel has Out of the Outer Worlds, which you already talked about. Go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, to me, I mean, Shadowbringer sounds fantastic, but can it really be Game of the Year if it's just an expansion? It can. I mean... I mean, I think it, I mean it could, but none of us have played it, so none of us can really defend it or even talk yeah. about it. Yeah, it'll I mean, be in the list, but it'll probably be low because yeah, Stephanie's not here to defend herself. It, like it has, you know, it has a near automated raid, and that's cool, and it has good music. But that's about it. Like the gameplay is probably the same as. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, the way the, I, I just look at expansions as super big DLCs. 
What's yeah, funny is Monster me. Hunter last year was the talk of the, one of the talks of the town, and like no, I hear nobody talking about Iceborne. That's because everyone's waiting for it to be on PC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I think the problem is also like just it, I think too, I mean no one really was playing Monster Hunter. It seemed like this year, except for like you know the super fans of it. Like it didn't have that consensus that the first one did. There's just too many games, too. Like, it's just, do you really have the time to put in the Monster Hunter when you're playing all these other things? Like, you know, Monster Hunter came out at a perfect time last year when there was nothing else really going on. Maybe if they had better multiplayer, I would have played it more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that multiplayer was terrible. <laughs> so, uh, Daniel, what he has, he has Outer Worlds as his, which we already talked about, you know, with it being on... Some of you guys list as well. Uh, Mind's Control, which we talked about. Uh, of course, here we go. Probably what's going to be the battle <laughs> when we get to the actual list. But uh, Jens and Mark, the only repeats, the only people that have two of the same game of the year, Fire Emblem Three Houses. We're yeah, in the of, we're in the correct side of history. I already feel bullied, and I haven't even started to talk. About tell, tell me about, tell me about why Fire Three Houses is great. What makes it stand out? Um, you know, over the other Fire Emblems that have been, you know, on 3DS and lauded for what they I, do. I can't judge on that actually. I mean, uh, Yens might have more on that, but I same pretty... beautiful tactical combat system, but with a whole bunch of Persona layered on top of it. Oh, well, yeah. that helps a lot. <laughs> you know? Um, I, so I've only I've only played through it once so far as a loyalist to Our Lady Edelgard, of course. Um, and uh, so I've probably only seen like a third of what this game even has to offer. The amount of content of it is insane. I've put about 80 hours into it, I think. I've seen one branch of the narrative and about a third of the character arcs, but of just the stuff I've seen, it is my favorite story this year, my favorite characters, the first proper strategy game that I've even finished in years. Um, as I've talked about earlier, it was a huge part of my routine this year. Um, I played this kind of slowly over the course of months. Uh, but, you know, I feel the same way about this that I feel about, like, Trails in the Sky or Chrono Trigger. It's just one of those essential experiences that uh, is going to stick with me for a, a really long time. And then wow, I'm going to think about regularly, was... like, I should replay that. Well, yeah. Chrono Trigger is my favorite game of all time, so you're making that kind of comparison. I feel like I need to check it out or something. Mark, back me up here. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I mean, I can't... I know it, it has changed from the traditional uh, Fire Emblem, because I think Fire Emblem, they had this, like, Trinity... Wheel, like, Trinity yeah, they took system. out the Trinity, the, the weapon Trinity system. Like for me, I found the game really easy, and like for the most part, actually, um, that might be why like, why they could actually finish it pretty. Like there are like hard and maddening modes on it, but like most weapons are pretty effective against others. I mean, there's like a few classes that like are weak against certain things, but for the most part, you have a pretty decent shot against most enemies in the game. Um, I think most of the characters are really good. Like there are some standouts obviously, but there are some that aren't quite as developed, but, like, 
I'd say 80% of that cast is really memorable. Like, it reminds me of like a Suikoden game in that respect. Uh, I think the class stuff is really good. Like, the, you know, the teacher stuff. So which, which houses did you guys go with? Well, he picked Black, Black, Black Eagle. Yeah, I picked initially Golden Deer. Then I did a Black Eagles run, the evil route. And then I did, uh, I'm doing a blue, whatever they are. <laughs> the blue, blue guys. Game, whatever. Yeah. Blue, the blue <laughs> I'm doing games. them right now as well. Uh, yeah, um, and I'm like halfway through that one. I haven't hit the the time skip yet, but um, yeah, I, I, I like recruiting characters. Uh, it's really fun to like you know level them up. I think there are some some not explained well systems in the game. Like most, me and Jens had instances where you know I I I asked him a question and he's like, oh, you just do this. You know, you just press this button, or you just go to this system, and then, you know, I, I talked to him later, and I and I was like, so how do you find like finding out talking to people? And he's like, you can do that. <laughs> like, there's no, just, no, it's like, not that making them talk to each other, which was like it, it was just in a menu, which I didn't I didn't expect social, I didn't expect like story conversations to be in the main menu. It's weird. Yeah, and I had some issue where like, I think it was like uh, changing classes or something, or you know. So like certain certain things in the game aren't explained well. Um, you didn't but, know that about gear, right? You didn't know the gear menu. Yeah, that was it. Or gear and abilities. Like I didn't know you could change out your abilities or uh, your like passive abilities. I'm like, oh, I thought that I thought it, it kept saying like, oh, you got plus ten avoidance or you got plus ten whatever. I was, I was like, I guess it just keeps stacking. But it's like, nope, you only got four slots and pick whatever you want to fit in there. So the fact, I mean, the fact that I didn't even know about that stuff, and I could still easily blitz through that game, should tell you something. <laughs> well, I was, I was, it felt well balanced to me because I made a lot of bad choices along the way. So you can screw yourself up with the social stuff now in the ways that you couldn't in previous Fire Emblems, but it's still, I guess, it's overall probably the easiest Fire Emblem I've played. I've yeah. just played a couple of the 3DS ones, like Awakening and whatnot. Also, there are like certain characters that like just make the game like ridiculously easy, like Catherine or Shamir. Like they can just steamroll everyone. It seems like, except for like the Death Knight guy or whatever. Shamir is a good archer, but is she really better than Bernie? Oh yeah. Mm. Trust me on this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, I like. I, I mean, I even bought the season pass. I got it for free, but I've still bought it because it would have been a good deal if I got it. You know, the real thing. Um. And it's a game. I mean, I'll pretty much always have installed on my Switch because you know I can always go back to it and load it up and you know go for tea time or pet a cat or whatever. Do, do whatever. <laughs> All right. Before we get too in the weeds on Fire Emblem, Randy, here you go. Death Stranding. You can go in the year. No, uh, for me. Uh, we talk about all these other games as far as game of the year, and the reason why Death Stranding is my game of the year is the fact that all these other games we've talked about are sequels or, like, we've said uh, Dark Souls-like uh, a lot on this list, or another Battle Royale game, or another sequel, or another remake, or it's like this game. There's nothing that I have ever played that is like Death Stranding. It's which is also why I totally understand if somebody plays it and hates it. Because it is completely different. I, I honestly, like, with all of the videos that came out throughout the year, 
went into this game going, I'm going to play this for five hours and go, no, it's not for me. I, it just looks so weird. And yes, it is basically a walking simulator. And I figured I'd play it for five hours and I'd Haley would play it and then just play it forever. And it was the exact opposite. She got about five hours in and went, nah, not for me. And I'm 70 hours in, which is a long time for me. I, I don't get a ton of time to play video games. And I just couldn't stop playing this thing. Basically, you are connecting America again and and going through it. And it, it's such a hard game to explain anyways because it's Kojima. It's, it's Kojima Unchained, basically. So there's a lot of craziness in it. That, and the story is a little over the top at times. And the names of characters are super simple and basic and kind of funny. Uh, but the message that he tells in the story about uh, bringing the community back together, bringing people back together, and it has nothing to do with violence. And You could go through that whole game without shooting a gun. And actually, the, the fighting sections of this game are probably the weakest part of the whole game because yes. they become really, really simple. It's, it's, the, it's the hardship of the traversal, which the beginning of that game, like walking on flat ground, you'll just trip. So you're like holding on to the, the two trigger buttons, trying to keep balance. And you're like, what, what is this game? I can't even walk. This is nuts. But I honestly, I think he put that in there to when you do start connecting the network and connect with other players who have built things, it, it makes you appreciative. And then you want to help somebody else. It's, it's the weirdest multiplayer game I've ever played. Cause you never see anybody, but you, you, interact with them so much and it's always a positive which is what kojima's whole point of this game is it's, it's a positive influence on other people and once you get to the second area of the game like i don't want to spoil a lot and i'm trying to be as big as possible because if you are interested like i don't want to give too much away but once you kind of get to that, that uh, mid-america area where things really open up and you can start building roads and and the, the zip lines kind of break the game but in, in the best way possible uh, it really makes you appreciate like all of this extra work because it, it really is you look at this and you go okay to build this road it takes 5,000 metal and it takes so long to build all that but all of a sudden all these other people are, are that have connected to your world are just throwing it in and helping you build the road and the next thing you know it's out there it's I don't know how many times I would go through a place I haven't connected going okay this would be a great place for a bridge or we can I'll, I'll do this here or whatever to make it a lot easier and i'll connect it to the to the network and turn around and it's been done it's it's such a fascinating game the story's fantastic i, I will say if you don't like long cutscenes, um get to the end of the game and just turn it off because the end of the game is basically like a three-hour cutscene, <laughs> and i think i saw the credits roll three times in that section which was tough for me because i had to go to work and i'm like oh i could finish this and it'd be great and i have a couple hours and watching the credits roll the third time i go i hope there's not more i gotta go to work in 20 minutes <laughs> come on kojima let's go it's it's so interesting and and again i totally understand that this is a very controversial game as far as whether people like it or not and it's very polarizing so i get it i'm not going to argue with anybody that goes this game's stupid because I was worried it was going to be. But if you allow yourself to get into it and you allow it to take... I, I hate people that go, like, 
what, Final Fantasy fourteen came out, and you're like, oh, you get 20 hours in, it's going to be great. And here I am saying, you get to Chapter 5, and you get to the, the Mid-America area. That is where it hooks you. That's where it got me. And the next thing I know, I was playing it every night for four or five hours. It's, it's so fantastic. But couldn't you also say that a game shouldn't take that long to yes, yeah, get yeah, to yeah, the yeah. point? That's what I'm saying. Which is why I think when we come down to the ranking, as it looks like, I know Jens has it third, which is good. I have a little bit of thing. I, I'm not going to completely go nuts if we don't have it in the top three or four or five. I would like it to be in the top five. I think it should but, be in the top three for sure. But but again, so if somebody absolutely hate, I'm not going to like go completely nuts because yes, it is that long drag. But that's the part. The weird thing about this is that this, the way it was built, and I think the way Kojima wanted it was you had to. It had to be difficult for you at the beginning, or you weren't going to appreciate a, appreciate the connection that you make with these other players that you never see. Yeah, man, I, I so agree with you about the communal aspect of this game. The fact that it enforces those interactions in the yeah. context of that really hostile environment, it really does make you grateful. And it, it makes me laugh because I hate Dark Souls games. Like, I, I I'm I'm old. And I remember like Mega Man difficulty and NES difficulty, and I like I, I don't have that time to like learn boss patterns and and get into it. So I, I was like, ah, oh, I just can't get into this. And then here I am playing this game that is just okay. You have to push yourself to to understand it and get better at it. And it's like okay, I, I now understand why people there, like Dark Souls or Sekiro or any of those kind of games. I get it there, now. There are a lot of trollish interactions in Dark Souls that could not happen in this because Kojima made sure it couldn't. Right. Yeah. Man. I But the, the narrative and the stunt casting is what drew me in. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, I like Kojima games. The sheer wonderful Kojima-ness of it all, I had to experience it. Uh, but I had the same expectation as you, which is I'm probably not going to get deeper than five hours into this because I hate inventory management and I hate encumbrance. And what is this but an encumbrance simulator? Yes. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I really didn't expect to like it, and then somehow I also I couldn't just like you I couldn't stop playing it. I think I played it like it, it just every night, three, four, five hours straight. I had the same experience of like, oh, I can finish this, and then of course, like a Kojima game, the ending is like three hours, four hours crazy. of stuff. But I actually felt pretty satisfied with it uh, mm-hmm. by the end. I think it actually actually wraps. Like, it's, it's almost too... The story almost is too straightforward. Like, people think that it's wacky because it's like, oh, there's, you know, babies and, and ghosts and flying whales and all this stuff. But when you see it in the context of the world building, it all kind of... Like, it's weird, but it's all explained and it all kind of fits together. And you understand how it all works. And everything is hand-in-hand. Hand. Like, the, the themes of it, right? I mean, the themes are... Well, at its core, it's a story about loneliness, right? Right. Well, it's also, but it's also a story about connection, uh, yeah. as Randy said. So, like the the theme of connection with other people, it's in the art design. Like it's in, you know, it's like hands coming out of the ground when when the the monsters are trying to get you. They're they're trying to connect with you in some way, which is the tragedy of of the uh, the ghosts in this. I forget what the ghosts are called. Uh, BTs. BTs. The BTs. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got the hands. You know, you have Which, the, the fact that the social layer is contributing to the theme of the game, and then of course the narrative itself is contributing to the theme of the game. So it's like every aspect of it is driving that that bit home, 
and it all it all works together really beautifully. Yeah, once they they told me what BT stood for, then I, I can't call it anything but BTs because it's really stupid. <laughs> and the BBs and the <laughs> the bridge baby. Yeah, yeah the baby's bridge fine, baby. The, BT, the BTs are are uh, uh, beach things. But I mean, Jens, you, you looked for a while, but then you soured on it like near the end, didn't you? So okay, so. One thing I really appreciate, Kojima really manages in the story to make you care about these stupidly named characters. Like, if Die Hard Man is not one of the best performances in the game um, in a long time, like him and Mads Mikkelsen, Mads Mikkelsen fantastically used. Um, I even forgave him for for, uh, the hell he put me through in Vietnam. Um, That was, that's the point where I was like, screw this game. Uh, But, my my big... That section was the weakest, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I did not like that. I, generally, I just the most satisfying thing to me was coming up with routes that just avoided BTs altogether. Okay. To the point where you know the map well enough, where you know like, okay, I can just hug this mountain, and you can draw very, very precise. Like charting your own paths, and this is awesome. Because if you do it right, you end up with a very handholdy path. But because you made it yourself, it doesn't feel cheap. So. Uh, I my whole thing was I just want to avoid the stealth at all times whether it means building a gigantic bridge over a BT area so you can skip that BT area entirely or you know trying to make a path to circumvent it I never wanted to do the boss fights and I hated the boss fights that is my, my especially like I'm already carrying a bunch of shit with me and suddenly I've got to be in a boss fight I'm going to drop all my stuff in the in the goo I'm going to get pulled away to a totally different part of the map like ah, oh, it's such a pain in the ass, and like, like especially if you're heavily overloaded, having to, like, as slowly as humanly possible stealth around things that you can't see, uh, that's where the game almost broke me. But there's so much about it that I love. Like I love the story, love the characters. Um, yeah, you know, cried at Mama, what happened with Mama. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that there. There are like genuine tearjerker moments in this game, and I love the core backpacking i think as a backpacking simulator it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and it kind of shows that you know uh, combat was the least thing on kojima's mind and it's the weakest part of the game and i'm not a big open world game fan i i I find a lot of them like uh mark had said about skyrim to be kind of empty and i just don't care about the world as much and yes death stranding is pretty empty but that's kind of the point of it and well, yeah, it's it, post, it post, it, post-apocalypse. I mean. Yeah, it's and it, it made me care about all these people hiding in their little bunkers and stuff. I know the internet just loves to, to joke that, you know, oh, Jeff Keighley's in it and Conan O'Brien's in it. and the monster, You see Monster Energy Drink all the time. Now, I barely see Monster Energy Drink anymore because it's the beer thing that they have in there, the <laughs> Timefall beer. So I haven't even seen a Monster Energy Drink in 50 hours. Just because they it switched to that, I just oh I always slam them when I'm at a at a rest station because it increases your stamina another and I don't even care about that like I don't care if Monster Energy Drink is in my game if if it got them a little extra money to make the game better I'll go for it that's just part of the Kojima thing I mean that's every Kojima game has some weird product placement yeah true so uh, all right before we get to making the actual list is there a game that we haven't talked about that wasn't on your list that you feel like <clears throat> should 
be included. Yeah, I'll just throw one out there. I haven't played this game, but I played the original, and all I've heard it's it's just better. Uh, Super Mario Maker Two has to because the first Mario Maker was perfection, and now yes. to put it on on a Mark. better. No. Mark, Mark reviewed the game. I'm also against this. Uh, okay, the, the builder stuff is not as good because you're on a Switch tablet. Yes. So the tablet stuff doesn't work, and the actual, like, making a level with the controls is arcane and very confusing. Plane is fine. Like, playing Mario levels is fine, um, except if you're doing multiplayer, which didn't work at all and is, like, laggy as fuck. Um, I mean, I applaud, I applaud them for, like, adding, like, Lincoln. Like, that's a cool addition. But it feels like a weird reduction in complexity from, like, even the first one. Yeah, and see, I think that's why I would have no problem with it, because I don't care about the multiplayer, and I don't build stuff. <laughs> so yeah. Just, just bring I also, on your levels. I put a lot of time into the original Mario Maker. It was my game of the generation or whatever for that system. Um, love the Wii U in general. It's, Wii U is a really underrated system, and an underrated... Uh, uh, controller. I mean, making Mario levels on the on the Wii U controller is so comfortable and so relaxing. You can just kind of lay back and and poke at it. Like here, uh, there's not enough space. Everything feels crammed, but there's also way more options. So everything is hidden away in little uh, circular um, radial sub menus. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's just a big um, decline in the UX design of the maker. And it made making levels uh, much more cumbersome to me. And then That's coupled right. with the fact that the hardware is much worse for it. And, like, I even bought a special stylus to use. And uh, even with a stylus, it doesn't get better. So, I don't know. I fell off it pretty quickly. Like, I did the... I tried to play some multiplayer with Mark, which was terrible. And yeah, we were, like, lagging out, like, every 15 seconds. Or, like, you know, you make a jump, and, like, two seconds later, like, Mario would jump. And I was like, what? And what's more, what's even worse is that they they made you wait for that, and then it doesn't yeah, it, work well. I mean, it, it came later, and then it's like, why even have it if it doesn't work? Or, I mean, me and Jens have played games where, you know, Borderlands 3 works perfectly fine. And I imagine there's a lot more data in that game being transmitted than in Mario. <laughs> uh, I'm planning to know 2D platformers might be more... It might be more like a fighting game where I mean, you want very precise uh, they, I placement. Mean, they even took out the Amiibo stuff, which they should have expanded that, not taken it out completely. Like, that was a interesting selling point for that game. Oh, yeah, it was great. Well, you could make the special, you could make the giant Mario, which was good for making puzzle levels where he has to break blocks, which only giant Mario can. I mean, the, the really solid blocks. See, I, I, I didn't play Mario Maker 1, so, I mean, I went into Mario Maker 2. So and good. Like, oh, man, this, you know... I was that's like the one Wii U game I was really jealous about not playing and it's like okay well I got it and playing is fine except like the two new uh, or like it's like Mario Bros U and New Super Mario Brothers it's like the same damn game I thought mm. <laughs> like the same game style um, but like the like Mario World and Mario 3 and Mario Original are all fine but it's like I don't like making levels in this thing at all because I can't figure out the menu system whatsoever yeah and I played through the entire story mode. That was cute, but that was kind of about it for me. I'm like, yep. Mm. Uh, and then I didn't like I didn't really have anyone else to follow, like to make to get levels from. I mean, I did some random levels here and there, but I'm like, most of these are bad or just kind of dumb. So yeah, I'm good. 
Yeah, I well, think that's the problem with Mario Maker games or any games like that. Anyways, you always have to give it a while. So the people that really are good at making levels have time to mess around with the system. I, I come at it as a, a guy that plays the Trials games, and I can't make maps in that either, but I love to see what people can create. And usually if you go back like six months after the game comes out, some of the things people create, it's just ridiculous. It also feels like this game doesn't have the conversation around it like the first one did. Like, yeah, I don't know what happened. You'd think that it would have a bigger impact being, being yeah, on a much more... Uh, like this game... I remember the first one. There was always someone talking about it. Obviously, the Patrick Klepek and uh, Gainspot people constantly making giant bomb making things out of it was made it a big deal. But even in that instance, I don't. I, I just don't like. I remember and even past them. I remember someone always saying, "Oh, I made this. I did this." Like, yeah, this introduces all the Zelda stuff, which looks cool. But I don't see that conversation of people on Twitter, people on social media, just being like, "Oh, you got to play Mario Maker. Oh, you got to do this." Like, it's just—it's a game that felt like it was there, and then better stuff came after it, and people's their attention waned, and there wasn't something to bring them back because the co-op wasn't good either. Yeah, so. I mean, I wanted to like it, but I just couldn't get into it. That's the. If anything, it was one of my more disappointing games of the year. Because I'm like, yep, I want to play this, but it's not really letting me. <laughs> I think one for me, I know we saw, we mentioned it, um, but I wanted to make a case for Plague Tale because uh, just like Death Stranding and Control is a very beautiful game, uh, the setting is uh, makes that game work very well. And... I love I I got drawn into those two characters to Amicia and Hugo, and yes, it has a little bit of an eco vibe, which is going to make Randy puke or whatever. But the story is so well done, and also once you get the rat powers, it's pretty cool just to be able to send the rat things on on the soldiers and watch them <laughs> crumble and all that. But I think it's. It's just, uh, I really enjoy this. I'm not always uh, one that gets into the narrative games. Like, it has to be really good in order for me to do it and stay with it. Because I don't know how many times I bought one of those Telltale games and I got off it really quick, unless it was Tales from the Borderlands or Wolf Among Us, where I played the whole thing. But this is one that I haven't gotten to finish it because of the problems with it on PC. Yeah, I mean, you're having like technical issues. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's a game where you have to okay because you're you're stealthing, you're not uh, doing combat, so you're stealthing or you're running away. And when the thing decides to chug or slow down, and I need to be able to run to the right, and it won't do it because you know the game has a problem. <laughs> Uh, it makes it difficult because the, it doesn't have a like manual save. It has like a checkpoint system, and sometimes that checkpoint system takes you back to like that cutscene you saw at first, or whatever. And so it's it's kind of annoying in that way. But still, for what I have been able to enjoy, the story is great, um, and and the characters are very memorable. And I mean, like 
the beginning of the game, it, it really changes how you think of those characters. And to go from two siblings that never interact with each other because Hugo has like a mental illness uh, to all of a sudden they have to interact with each other and take care of each other. And it's it's just a really cool, really good, sweet story that you get to experience over this time and during the bubonic plague era. So, yeah. That was, a, that was a fun and happy time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so let's start actually doing this because, you know, <laughs> we have to write blurbs for this stuff later. Um, it's only been three hours. Let's yeah, it, two hours and 15 minutes, to be fair. Uh, so, yes, the top 25. Let's start making this. Um, so 25 through 21. Uh, maybe it's better if we do it top down. I don't know. No, I think uh, going bottom up is better because yeah. games that like one, have one, you know, one fan that you can yeah. stick it on there. So how many games do we have right now? How many games do we have between everybody's lists? Probably at least twenty-five. I mean, yeah, at least twenty-five minutes. plus some other ones we can throw in there. Um, I will, I think we should, I hate that we're having to do this because she's not here to really make her case, but I feel like Shadowbringers is probably going to be in this lower tier because none of us have really been able to play it to, to make a big case for it. So, I don't know, I would put that at like 22 or so to place it somewhere. And then we can work around there. Uh, where do we want to put... Well, the Goose Game should probably go a little bit higher. I feel like. Uh, I mean, I'd say 25. Like, I mean, it's, it's one of your games, but like Persona Q2. Because it's like, yeah. not going to get a ton of support. No offense. <laughs> Um, That's fine. You can put it there. I'm just happy it makes a list. So, if you want to put I mean, it there, then... I think every game we talked about is going to make a list. The list somewhere. I mean, yeah. Uh, um, like, let's see. Not like... I, was, I was thinking the same thing with with that Catherine full body game. It'd probably be yeah, down there a little lower. If the if the multiplayer worked, or if the game was actually good, then I could support it better. But <laughs> all right, we can put. <laughs> How about Persona Q two, Catherine? I, I say that to, just to poke to poke fun at Jens. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to make fun of Jens. We had a bonding moment over Death Stranding, and I don't want to ruin it now. That's <laughs> 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 well. That that uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So Persona Q two, Catherine. Um, how about, uh... Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> no, I, I think that it's too low. I mean, because most of us play that unreasonably liked it. Like, I mean, I'm going to be top 10. I think it'll be, like, number 10, if anything, but... I don't know about number 10. Maybe a little bit lower, but yeah, in the in that 15 range. At least. Uh... How about this? Persona Q2, K2, 
Catherine, Baba is you. <clears throat> uh, we can put. Weird games. <laughs> hey, there's something wrong with those. Uh, <laughs> we can we can put Plague Tale down here because I haven't been able to I mean, finish I might, it. I mean, I might say that 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 should be higher, but also like. I haven't played it, and the fact that you're running into like huge technical issues that other people have run it, run into also is kind of a kind of a black. But you're playing it on what PS4? I played it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't um, know. I, when you mentioned it to me, I, I looked at the Steam forums and saw like stuttering or hitching up. Like other people have had that problem, like running what it a, on hardware that's better than yours, and it's like that's that's an issue. <laughs> what about judgment? I mean, I might say, like, 19. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know you didn't like it, Jens, but I feel like Sekiro needs to be higher because it's it's been a huge part of the conversation this year. A lot of people well, did. I mean, it's well made. Like, yeah, it's, it's a very well made game, and it's, uh, you know. Again, uh, Stephanie's not here to defend it, but what about Mortal Kombat 11? Yeah. How do you feel that goes? Okay. I think there's your five right there. I think Persona Q2, Catherine, uh, Baba is You, Gears 5, and Mortal Kombat 11. There's your 20, your first five. Your 25 to 21. That sound fine to everybody? Sure. Alright, so... 20, I'll put Ape out there, and Judgment, and then what do we do after this? Remnant? No. I mean, that's fine. Like, I would think it's better than Code Vein, but... As long as it's not too high up. I'm not the, I'm, I'm the only one here with good taste, so... <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't want Destiny Souls. Destiny Souls, you don't like that? I, I do want that, because then it makes both those games actually palatable. <laughs> okay, is somebody writing this down somewhere so we don't... Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm writing it down. Okay, so we don't repeat ourselves here? Maybe we should uh, put Google Doc together. Yeah, Mark has it on our Google Doc, right? Ah, ah, there it is. Okay. Well, Plague Tale could probably go right in front of Remnant. Yeah. Uh, after that... And they'll be the show in 1999? No, we don't... Uh, All-Star Baseball. That's yeah. Enough. I'm fine okay. with signing out Wild Hearts. Okay. I'll just say Erica, but all right. Yeah, I, I might put, even though I haven't played it, just from everything I've read and heard about Sayonara, Bald Hearts, maybe it should be a little bit higher up. Well, I know we still got to put Apex in here somewhere. Uh, yeah, that's, that's you can always let stuff fall off the end of the list <coughs> if, if the list gets too long. Yeah. I mean, I mean like start from the back, you know, stuff's going to fall off. Okay, so here's the thing. We still have... Like a bunch of games we gotta play somewhere, so yeah, let's just keep going. And then if we gotta, like Yen says, just keep 
uh, the stuff at the bottom gets pushed out. Well, I put then. for sixteen. I put Erica. Fifteen. I put Sinara, and fourteen. I put Apex Legends. That's fair. Because none of us. Pl- I mean, you played a little, but none of us. I played a little bit. Play. Daniel really liked it. He just isn't here to talk about it. The biggest um, conundrum for me is where Disco Elysium goes. Yeah, Disco Elysium's got to go somewhere, and so does the Goose Game. Got to go would, somewhere. I, would, I, mean, I might put Disco at ten, just but just because none of us have played it, really. I mean. <laughs> You were supposed to play a lot more of it, sir. But it's okay. It's a Christmas present. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and then we still we gotta figure out where Code Vein's gonna go. We gotta figure out where um, Outer Wilds is gonna go. So, like, yeah. How how married are you about? Are you on Outer Wilds? I love Outer Wilds. It's I gotta say at least like top ten or something. Like you could put Pokemon at like fifteen or something like that. Too high. Well, thirteen. How? No, no, not that high. Like it's fine right there. It's like middle of the pack. It's totally. Fifteen is Sayonara. <laughs> I mean, almost went for that higher. Well, we're gonna have to knock some of the stuff off the bottom because, like, there's a lot of games. Yeah, I, that we still I haven't even. List of things we haven't listed. I'm already up to twelve, and I'm still going back and finding other names we haven't put. So there's uh, some games are gonna get knocked off. Yeah. Are you get you Persona Q too. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> I want to put Persona Q2 on there somewhere. Like, I just didn't, I mean, like, I mean, I know you guys played Catherine, so I don't know. No, no, we can probably, many... let's, let's just, let's drop off Catherine. Uh, let's drop off uh, Gears 5. All right, I mean, like, are you feeling really strong about Erica? Uh, Erica can also go, again, these are just kind of me games. Okay, because Astral Chain's got to be on there too. Astral Chain's got to be in the top ten, I would say. But and I well, we got too many out. things that got to be in the top ten, so something's got to not be in the top ten. Because we still true. got DNC five, also. But Borderlands three is not even got to be on there, so we don't have to worry about that. Come on, man! You know it's gonna be number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wrong year for that. <laughs> Maybe like what? Well, when did two come out? Like ten years ago? If it can't, if it came out in nineteen ninety seven, Borderlands three would be the game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's reshuffle this a little bit then. Yeah, so I have seventeen games that we have high on our list that we haven't even mentioned yet. Okay. So, Persona Q2, Baba, so we have to start, how does, if you're doing the list, Randy, what is this, after we drop some? Can you not see it? It's like right below the spreadsheet, what I'm doing. Oh, I'm not seeing it, sorry. Okay, Um, now I see it. Yeah, and right below that is right before the list that we haven't talked about yet, or haven't ranked yet. Okay, so this is the problem when... I feel bad for this. This is bad audio because these people are not yeah. seeing any of <laughs> any of this at all. Um, 
It's like just how like Giant Bomb used to do their their lists. <laughs> yeah. So if the way this looks right now, Persona Q2, Baba is you, MK11, Ape Out, Judgment, Revenant from the Ashes. That's your twenty through twenty-five. Plague Tale. Sayonara at 18, Apex. You gotta put Apex above Pokemon, I feel like. Just how important it was. Um. I mean, how about how about Shadowbringers at 18? <laughs> yeah, put Shadowbringers at 18, that's fine. Um. And then... Uh, King Moogle song theme number two from Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen, which is awesome. Uh, well, okay, put put Astral Chain at. You okay with that at fourteen? Yeah, uh, that's fine. Are we bumping Luigi's Mansion off this list? Oh, Luigi's Mansion's got to be somewhere. I mean, I could put Luigi's Mansion at 14 and Astral above that. Like, I, that's not really... I mean, I like Luigi's Mansion, and I think it's I think it's a good... It's weird that it won that Game of Year, game Award for Party Game, or, like, Family Game. I'm like, what? <laughs> I hear the multiplayer is not that great. I haven't touched it, and I won't touch it. <laughs> it's oh. fine. It's not anything... Still, being, being a damn good Luigi's Mansion game, it should definitely be fairly high up, because uh, those are good. And they aren't—they don't make too many of them, apparently, because <laughs> this is only the third one in twenty years. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, we're at like thirteen, and we still got to list all these games. That's fine, though. All right. So, where are we putting Outer Worlds? I mean, I'd say probably like five. <laughs> really. If if we agree oh. that everything that under still needs to be listed uh, is going to go on the list, that means we just have to cut three. I don't know if we want to do that now or later. We well, let's finish idea. making the list and then... Hey, hey, hey. Okay. <laughs> Alright, we can put... Uh... Shit. What do we want to put? Tetris. Uh, that's such a hard one to rank. It's <laughs> okay because it it made the switch online so by the itself. Has, the way Jens has his list, he has Untitled Goose Game underneath Tetris ninety nine. Do we want to do that on our list too? He's the only one that's played Untitled Goose Game on our list. I've played it. I have Goose Game too. I've played it. I just don't have it on the list. Is Goose Game is very important? It's important for this year because of what. It does for its genre and and Tetris is important because it's Tetris. <laughs> well, Tetris is important because it made Switch Online worth it. Yes, and it's the best battle royale game ever made. Yep, the only one I will play, honestly. I mean, I could take a Goose Game as like twelve, and then Tetris ninety nine at like eleven. Yeah, that's fine. Mm, as long as okay. he, I mean, yes is the only one. Well, Sean did too, but. I'm just looking at Yen's yeah, list, and that's what he, how he ranked it. So yeah, I mean, Sean didn't have it on his list. So, yeah. <laughs> but again, well, I had to I had to make some not. sacrifices because it's like, well, I'm not going to be able to put other games on my list if I put everything. So, yeah. uh, yeah, Bloodstain should probably be not that high up, right? 
I agree too. We could stick that at like twelve or something. Really? Also, <laughs> also like Slay the Spire maybe doesn't. I mean, I, I really love that game, but it doesn't. Okay. What? Yeah. So then we do the the Untitled Goose game and Tetris ninety nine here. Yeah, at the at the bottom of the top ten, that makes sense to me. Yeah. It'll get bumped a little bit. Well. Yeah. DMC five, I think we're right. getting a little too high. Yeah, like I didn't. Play I think it. it makes the top twenty five. I don't think it's top ten. Mm. How about how about between Slay the Spire and Bloodstained? <laughs> That's fine. That's fine with me. That's fine, yeah. Is Bloodstained really better than DMC5 and Astral Chain? I don't think so, probably. You were wrong. Okay. I'll take you right. Yeah, I, think it's... I, mean, I, I actually like Platinum uh, Bloodstained because I liked it so much. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's like one of the I don't know, but DMC5 is so freaking just fun. <laughs> Just fun action. I would play uh, Sekiro at 7. None of us played it, except for Yen's. He didn't like it too right much. Now, right now, we have 10 games left on our list that we haven't listed. So I feel like Sekiro right. should at least be in the top, top 10. That we haven't listed? I feel like Sekiro needs to at least be in the top 10. Outer Worlds, Death Stranding, Sekiro, Fire Emblem, Star Wars, Code Bane, Control, Kingdom Hearts 3, and Outer Wilds. Why does Kingdom Hearts need to be that high? Yeah, like... You may want to bump something lower. It's out. not that Maybe great not. a game. It was comfort food. It was good. It was fun, but it's not. You know. How about we throw out MK11 and put uh... <laughs> Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> well, three got to get bumped anyways. Exactly. Think... Let's just let's just talk about which ones we bumped. Do we bump the final three and start with Ape yeah. Out at number twenty-five, or do we? <sighs> Are we, are we, would you rather bump, uh, oh, bump something else? Sean, these are, other than Mortal Kombat 11, Persona, Bob is You, and yeah. uh, Ape, Ape Out are all your games. Which one do you want to be 25th? <sighs> I feel like, yeah, I just drop Persona Q2 because I feel like Bob is You. Well, only one is... of those four are going to make it Ape Out, Mortal Kombat 11, Bob is You, and Persona Q2. Only one's going to make the top five. I would honestly, I mean, I have no real hat in the race with any of these games, but I would actually rather drop Shadowbringers or Apex Legends. Well, Shadowbringers has to be in. We can can push Shadowbringers back if you want, but Shadowbringers has to be in because of being Stephanie's number one. So, Sean, out of those three, Persona, Bob is you, and Ape Out, which is your favorite? My favorite is probably Ape Out, but I feel like when I think back at everything and like just Bobby you is important. But I'm yeah, go ahead and just put you could put Ape Out at like twenty five or it's fine. Riveting. Right, okay, so then these other ones are basically our top ten, but we want to move Kingdom Hearts 3 into the middle here somewhere? Yeah, because 
like below King DMC five. If you really want to do that, I don't put it. So wherever you guys want to put that, I don't care. Shoot, I would put Astral Chain above it. So like seven, that's, I, I, like that's have, just me though. We'll have DMC five, or I mean, whatever Kingdom Hearts three be below that. Yes. Yeah, right there. That's good enough for me. Uh... Okay, so then we have our top 10, I think, now? Yeah. Yeah, top 9 that we have left. Once we get Kingdom Hearts off this list. Alright, so... We have 9 spots, so there we go. Yeah, there you go. Math is, so... math is fun. We got we put Sekiro at nine. Nine games: Resident Evil Two, Outer Worlds, Death Stranding, Sekiro, Fire Emblem, Star Wars, Code Vein, Control, and Outer Wilds. What's the bottom of that list? You can put Sekiro at nine. Yeah. I don't know. It feels weird putting Sek- Sekiro. It's an I, not Code Vein. Even though. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, wait, why is Code Vein this high? Honestly. Uh, it's just because, because I. I mean, it's it's my it, thing, and it's the it, other it, Stephanie, I guess, has it. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I feel like happy. okay, I'm but I'm happy as long as it's as long as it's above remnant, I'm happy. <laughs> That's because you don't recognize quality. <laughs> I forgive you for this error, for this sin. Well, if you want, we can put it all the way back there because <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you, you, like. you could you could put it at like I don't know. <sighs> it seems a bit crazy where it is now. Yeah, that's really high for Code Vein. That's really high. Um, for one, I feel like Apex needs to be high, a little bit higher too because of what it did this year. I mean, like, you keep talking about like the importance of Apex, and it's like fine, it was important, but only one you only played it, and you didn't play much of it. <laughs> like I know, but Daniel really liked it from what he told me, and I can't. Like he should have been here. He's still, hey, he, his grandma died. That's unfair. <laughs> it's like... So I want Code Vein at 16. Come on. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Code Vein at 16, yeah. I, I mean, the problem with me with Apex Legends is it's, like, it's a copy of a copy. It's copying... Fortnite, which is copying PUBG, which no, is but it's also it's it it has a little bit of Overwatch in it that does hero shooter stuff at times better than Overwatch. It included the the ping thing, which makes it really easy for you to play by your, a lot easier for you to play without having to co- uh, talk to people. Um, teaming up is it makes teams important. It makes your um, even the dumbest hero who's basically just a decoy, he has a purpose in that game. It's like, there's a lot that they added to that genre that wouldn't be there without Apex, I think. And, and, and if you were making that argument for Apex, I can make the same argument about Star Wars. No, I, it, I it, played it, Star it copies Wars. everyone else. Yeah, but it copies everyone else's homework, right? Yeah, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cold Vein also copies everyone else's home. I, you know, a lot of these games uh, are... A lot of these games take from each other. It's... And, and that's where we're at, for the most part. Is 
in 2019 is there's not a lot of new genres you're going to come up with. So everyone's going to copy somebody. Okay. Um, so where are we at with the... What are we trying to... You can put Sekiro back at 8, I guess. I'd have 7. No, oh, 7? Okay. So... Outer Wilds? You can put Outer Wilds at 8, yeah. Yeah. And now it gets fun. Yep. Uh... I would say Outer Worlds at six. Okay, so behind Star Wars. Yeah, because I'm actually I'm still invested in playing it, which has a leg up on Star Wars, (laughs) or then a leg up on uh, Outer Worlds. So we've got the Outer Worlds ahead of the Outer Wilds. Is that really what we want to do? I I think we should have I think we should have them back to back just to be more confusing. (laughs) I know, and I feel like Outer Worlds is better than Outer Worlds, but I also haven't played Outer Worlds, so I can't. I don't know, I feel like maybe Sekiro should be number 8 and then Outer Worlds should be number 7 and Outer Wilds number 6. Still don't understand why Star Wars is that high, but what? It's good! Is it really the top 5 game of the year, though? Yeah! (laughs) Like, it's the the first not-busted Star Wars game they released in 20 years. But just because it's not the first busted Star Wars game? You know, that BD-1 droid is pretty adorable. (laughs) Alright, put it fifth. (laughs) But it's just... No, come on. Is the... Is the story really that good? Is the combat really that good? I mean, I know the combat's improved from other Star Wars games, but... Yeah, like, you know... It's not as complicated as like a Dark Souls because you don't you don't really have well you, you don't have different weapons for one you mean you just have a lightsaber. Yeah, it's Sekiro really, like. Yeah, you can really uh, mix and match your force powers. You know, you know, push a guy off the cliff while, while you're like dealing, you know, countering another guy, you know, when he's hitting you or something like that. Uh, the you have a pretty wide open window comparative to other games like we can parry attacks and stuff. Uh... I think the acting's really good, especially the main guy, but all around, like, decent story. Uh, the only weird problem is, like, you magnetize to, like, ropes and shit, and, like, that works most of the time, but, like, 1%. You get some really weird animation, which is actually kind of funny, where your guy will, like, quickly zoom to a rope in, like, midair, and it's like, huh? <laughs> like... Did he force push himself to this or what? But that's about it. Oh, we still got to put Disco Elysium somewhere. Nah. Whoops. Sorry, Slay the Spire. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm not taking... uh, I mean, I can take Judgment off, maybe. I mean, I would rather have Remnant probably on there instead. We could just move everything down, you know. I like Judgment being on this list. Can we scroll back? Uh, let me see here. Uh, you can, you can take Ape out off. It's fine. I really love that game, but it's fine. I'm, obviously, I'm losing out. All my little indies are losing out here. To... 
As opposed to Disco Elysium, which is the big indie, but still the indie. <laughs> but the indie that freaking turns RPGs on its head, yeah. Sorry, Mark, go on. I was going to say, unless you want to dump Code Vein. <laughs> no, no. We can move it down, but I don't want to dump it. Okay, so move everything down. And <clears throat> I, I feel like you got to at least... Like, Disco's got to... At least be... Like, 11th or something. I mean, you could put it, like, above Tetris 99 if you want. Yeah. But below Outer Wilds. I still wish we could have Outer Wilds above Outer Worlds. But... That's that's what I said. Let's just swap them. And then put uh, Sekiro behind both of them. Everybody cool with that? I'm fine. So Outer Wilds above whatever. So, uh, so 10 Untitled Pico Game. Nine, oh, to me, Outer Wilds would be of Star Wars, but it's not just... Yeah. So, number 8, I would say Sekiro, and then number 9 would be Outer Worlds. Uh, sorry, I'm going the wrong way. Yeah, that's... Okay, no, yeah. Number 9, Disco Inferno. Okay, number 8, Sekiro. Number 7, Outer Worlds. Number 6, Outer Wilds. Alright, who wants to start this debate? I would say, R I would say RE2 Remake at 4. Mm, no. The one behind Control? Control did something new. Or is, mm. is new. Yeah. I mean, no offense to... I mean, everyone likes RE2 Remake, but that's a lot of that's predicated upon past knowledge. I mean, I... You say, you were mentioning that it's a new... You felt like it was a new game, Randy, but it's like... Not really. Like that, PlayStation is ninety five percent of what I remember in that in that first game. <laughs> Not all the puzzles are different. If you want to talk no. about a game, I haven't played the new one, but just from the looks, if you want to say a game looks like the old game, it's no, fine. no, I meant I meant the actual like police layout. Like the no, you, no, the layout was the exact same, which was yeah, huge. that's what I meant. Like so, it's really easy for me to pick up certain shit because it's like, oh yeah, I remember this dumbass ladder puzzle in. Uh, library ladder puzzle in the, fir in the first one. <laughs> I guess that's my thing. As far as somebody that hasn't played the new Fire Emblem, I mean, you guys talked about it a little bit, but, but Jan, yeah, you said you've played Fire Emblem. What does this one do that's so much better than the original, the older one? So it, uh, it takes a lot of the more punishing systems out of the combat and it adds the um, social element where you're building social links and kind of uh, getting to know okay. your companions and then it builds a really good kind of branching story around that where so they they upgraded what they did in awakening right they had some social stuff in awakening I think right? yes but now yeah. it's like it's in a school and uh, there's a lot more of it and there's all these activities and um, you know they're there's an insane amount of uh, of that kind of, of that content. Like taking out that triangle 
weapon system is a huge deal because that's always been a thing. That's been the thing for Fire Emblem for, since its inception, basically. So to take that out and change that and actually make the game better by doing that and then adding the social things on it, that's really important. Yeah, I still I think Control's board on my list, but but I haven't played that one either, so I can't. No, Control does a lot new in that it has a tremendous story for one, two. I know not everybody likes the combat, but the combat was it's when you get all those things working and you I can. The, the only problem I had with combat was some of the bosses were annoying, but like re- regular combat was fine or perfectly lockstep with like rem- the other remedy stuff. Like it was. Yeah, I mean that's I had a ton of fun with the combat, and I I think it's just it builds on that. Like even the okay, even the building that you're in, the oldest house, is it's an office building but it's like really cool the way that it changes as as they yeah, add like, more things it's like a paranormal building and then uh-huh. like yeah you get like oh now that now that i have this uh levitation maneuver and i can get to this other let you know ledge that i couldn't get to before and i can explore this other wing of this building or yeah you just find a, like a bunch of like haunted shit in the in the you know in the building that you're in and you know one of it might be like Oh, it's a haunted. It's a haunted toilet. <laughs> okay, right. now you have to go fight a monster in it or something like that. <laughs> There's even uh, like somebody writes a letter. I think it is. The like getting mad that they moved the toilet, so now they can't get to it, and then yeah, like how very, dare you employ me here and I can't go to the bathroom? <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of dark humor in the game, also, which I really yeah. appreciate. Yeah, yeah, and the FMVs are awesome. It's like. That's what I'm don't saying. It wrong. doesn't. Don't get me wrong. I like the Resident Evil 2 remake quite a bit. Like I played mm-hmm. it. I mean, I, I went through it like three times because I got all. I got like the costumes and all the upgraded uh, weapons and stuff like that. But I just think it, fundamentally, 80 percent of that game is still the same game as the first one. <laughs> I disagree. I mean, you even had the stupid chess pu- chess puzzle from the first one. That was bad then and worse now. <laughs> Alright, let's put... I'm going to keep having this argument. RE2 Remake at 4. I don't know, though. All of you put RE2 Remake on your lists higher than Control. Well, some people hadn't played Control, so that was the problem. I guess that's true. And John had Control his number one. So, and Daniel oh. had it as number three. I mean, I, I oh, would, gotcha. yeah. I, would, I mean, I still would. I would. Control's not perfect, and I think like RE2, like might be a better. I think it might be just be a better. It's a better experience because you know you're in a zombie. Uh, it's, zombie. It's out. just Mark. Mark, you're you're arguing for control over RE2, but on your own list, it's the other way around. Yeah, but I'm also wrong. <laughs> Okay. No, no, it's just, I just didn't finish Control. Like, I think uh, I just got distracted by other games, like Fire Emblem. Yeah, there's so. a big payout. There's, Control keeps getting better as it goes along, so. And I did, I, I, got, I, I got obsessed with Control. Which is the problem, which is the opposite of RE2, where it is not. All right. 
I'm having control controller number three, three because we know what this we know what this battle is for, so I'll put controller number three and then you guys can can battle it out here. There's no battle. The right side has already won. <laughs> I I'm just gonna say one argument and then I'll let you Honestly I think Yen's is the closest one that's gonna be picking either one of these and that's totally fine with me either way my only argument is a lot of the time that we have come up with decisions on this list our argument against is it's a copy of this or this did it better or it's just the exact same as this but they tweak something nothing is like Death Stranding it copied absolutely nothing from any other game I've ever played and that's to me why it's number one I mean, there are other there are other simulator there are indie games that are doing similar things to Death Stranding, but nobody's putting nobody's putting the combination of elements. Yeah, nobody's putting the AAA money and Hollywood actors behind it. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, the, the the fact that it's like a a AAA indie game essentially in the truest sense. See, I'm torn because it comes it really does come down to a decision between one of the greatest strategy RPGs of all time and one of the most innovative and interesting games of all time. So, I don't know. I really could go either way, regardless of my own list. I, I mean, I've played, I haven't played that much of Death Training. It seems interesting, but, like, it just seems kind of weird. Like, it seems kind of, off, like, clumsy in spots. <laughs> well, it is, uh... In the right spots. So, like, a good example is, like, in my game, like, the, one of the first bases you come across is a stupid, uh, like, hover cycle or motorcycle like, just outside the base uh, radius, like, two feet away from it. It's like, why can't I just push this ahead two feet and recycle it, or do something with it? <laughs> if not break it, if not use it, just break it down for parts. <laughs> and it just because, sits there forever. Because it sat there until you learn how to make a generator. It's there as a, a tutorial device. Well, no, something left... There's no that's that's a, a set piece in that game, uh, but I will say there's a lot of things in Death Stranding that you just kind of have to go wink wink at the game. Like even the the uh, component of the rain that makes everything age faster as long as yeah, because it's down. called like time rain or something like that, right? Time fall. Yeah, time fall. Yeah, but it's not even really works, rain. It's it, like yeah, but yeah, it only works when it is falling. Once it hits the ground and makes a puddle, it doesn't work anymore. So it's one of those things where you got to go, okay, it's just a game mechanic. It's, no, <laughs> don't it's not take it they, too serious. They explain it in detail in, in the lore. They oh, yeah, I know, I know. That, but it, you know, I mean, when time falls, it turns back into regular rain. Yeah, it, so. In the most Kojima way possible. And it's fine. I, I, I still, I mean, I love it. But I, I'm just against some of those arguments of like, oh, it worked like this. Well, it's Kojima. <laughs> See, I feel like Death Stranding goes out of its way to explain every tiny little aspect of how its world works. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it goes to great lengths to tell you how Timefall works, how BTs and, work, what they are. I will say that uh, if you ever play the game and you get confused at how things work, they have a tips section in that thing that has like 300 pieces of tips in there. That's and a lot good. of them are like, like that's how like, mules have become completely broken to me is I learned how to do the, the shoulder tackle thing. And it just makes the mules camps pointless. But in a good way, because I have gotten better and I learned how to do it. 
Yeah, once you can negate their little search pulses, I just kind of go around them anyway. Yeah. So like I said, uh, Jens, I think I think you're the the swing vote because Mark and I are very much on on one side, and and you like right. them both. So well, exactly, yeah. And I personally enjoyed Fire Emblem more because there's things about Death Stranding that just pissed me off, but coming out of it, at the end of it, it's it's almost like uh, something like Twin Peaks: The Return, where you feel like you've gone on a weird, and slow paced, and disturbing journey. But uh, and not everything was good, but it was. You, oh, tell me about it with that show. Life. Yeah, I felt the same way with that, with that Twin Peaks return. <laughs> like there was just a lot of weird shit. It connects some dots and some other ones it doesn't, and you're just like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" But okay. But I loved it nonetheless, right? And yeah, I agree. With all my, it's it's weird because I gave. I think when I was on the pod, the podcast where it was just me and Mark, where we talked about Death Stranding, I gave it like a seven out of ten. Then it still is number three on my list. So I guess it's just really it has really confused me. Oh, Death Stranding! It, hey, it's it's the most polarizing game of this year. Death Stranding. Yeah, absolutely. All right, number one. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to be a party of this travesty. Well, you overruled. Uh, well, your, list, I mean... your list has it higher. You just. And no, but you broke the same. This is this is why I was asking you earlier. Yeah, but other people had had better game. You know, had it on their list. Sean had it. Control is number one. That's fine. Okay, I don't see how that is. That seems tangentially related at best. Because you and me both have Fire Emblem at number one. So yeah, it's my favorite game of the year. And it's the best game. I mean, Remember, game of the year is not necessarily your favorite game of the year. It is your. The game of the year. I mean, the fact that, like, I know at least uh, one other person has dumped, like, 170 hours into Fire Emblem as well, besides me. Now, like, if you go by amount of memes generated, I think Fire Emblem wins by a slim margin. I don't care about memes. <laughs> I mean, I've seen more more dumb shit about Death Training than Fire Emblem. That's, <laughs> no. like, uh, that's because Death Training lends itself to that. Yeah, like replacing the monster energy with like a Budweiser can or stuff like that. Fire Emblem has has that whole Fire Emblem characters correlated with social media posts thing. What? You've not seen those? Where no, it's like, and I don't want to. Oh, oh I need to show you some. They're good. <laughs> All right, which All right. has inspired the most horny drawings? <laughs> <laughs> are there more? Are there more sexy Norman Reedus's, or are there more sexy anime girls out there? Uh, I mean, if you ask certain I mean, people, Nor- Norman Reedus is cultural impact here. Norman Reedus is naked a lot. I did love. Is that what we're basing this on? Whether Norman Reedus is naked a lot or not? <laughs> Seems a weird thing to base this on. It's not. It's a dumb metric that he's using as a joke, not as a serious thing. <laughs> Thanks. Like, explaining I the joke the... just like James Corden and Cats. Uh, hey, it's your favorite movie, not mine. <laughs> okay. So. Like, the fact that you literally pee mushrooms should disqualify Death Training automatically. 
What? Yeah, we need pea mushroom sprout. Wait, is that how stuff grows in this game? People pee mushroom sprouts? What you the fuck, man? Yeah, it, it, basically, if you, you, there's a... Um, what's it? The chiral... Like, the little bugs that you can collect off of mushrooms. And if you pee a lot in one spot, you'll grow your own mushroom. And the mushroom will start having those. And that's what that is. You it's know a, what? It's a silly mechanic. But you know what? You also use your pee and your poop and your bodily fluids to create grenades to go up against the yeah that I've itself. seen that, the poop grenade you know what would be amazing if David Lynch and Kojima made a show man I, I, I just want to see a, I want to see a Kojima show <laughs> Kojima needs to be paid millions of dollars by Netflix to come up with a show and it would be the weirdest thing ever so what you're just trained what you're saying is just training is a good as a game this, a game for scatologicalists for people who are no, that's Borderlands Three is is where you find your scatological content. <laughs> yeah, they're both full of shit. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's it's played like, with great earnesty. Like the fact the that like I had to, just like I had to ask Randy like, can you just not move around in the game like in your in your room? And you're like, no. And it's like no, but like, that's why why have it? Like if you just move the camera around, it feels like a a David Cage game. Well, it's like a it's like an elaborate menu, but it also, in a way, dis like it distances you from the character in a weird way. I, that I think um, actually is like thematically or psychologically interesting. Like just no. kind of observing him, observing him as a as a weird security camera. Yeah, until yeah, but if you don't do anything, he just sits there. Like you have no control. I mean. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's well, like I mean, ultimate weirdness. I mean, now we're just, we're starting to get nitpicky. I can go back to Fire Emblem and say every time you have a dialogue, you have two pictures yeah. that just stand side by side. I mean, you don't do anything during that. You can't walk yeah. around. During well, that. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what you have to do when you're when you're deciding between two games here. You kind of get nitpicky. What you do is you you rotate the good. camera and you use the things that you want to use in the room. But what but the I don't understand what's so difficult about that. To grasp. It, it feels like Detroit become human. No. Mark is just salty right now. At no point are there weird uh, QTEs. It's really more just you spin them, you spin the, the camera around, QTE. and there are menu options. Like the entire game is you pressing left or right, and so you don't fall over. That's like the ultimate de definition of a weird QTE. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's it's not a QTE. It's a it's a physics engine, and it's a really well tuned physics engine. Yeah, and pro tip: if you just hold both triggers, you're you're fine. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, so you just tape them down for the entire duration of the game? <laughs> well, you won't be going very far, so you'd want to let go of them sometimes. Yeah, you don't go as fast, that way. But, but uh, you definitely, there will be situations where you'll just be holding down those triggers for a long time, for sure. But that also, it feels it feels like you're, you know, holding on to a rucksack. It's all, all contributing right. to the, uh, the immersion. So Death Stranding 1. No. If you want to say it, did, that's fine. And I'll be... Alright, well y'all gotta keep making compelling points list. here because at some point, this is gonna get... I mean, I will say that one of the most emotional moments that I've experienced in the game uh, this year is when you have to make the choice as to whether or not you want to join Edelgard. 
So, I mean, Fire Emblem had high highs as well in its story. And it has no lows. You yourself said Death Training has more has lows. It has serious lows. Yeah. Fire Emblem mm. is just a smooth ride all the way across. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I'd be fine with Fire Emblem at number two. Nah. It's your number one. <laughs> hell, you have... Well, you have Code Vein above it, or whatever whatever the hell you had. Yeah, because I enjoyed it more. Yeah, you enjoyed Fire Emblem more than Death Training. Yeah, but this is not about enjoyment. This is also about artistic merit. Yeah, but there's more artistic merit in Fire Emblem than Code... Well, it depends on what you get out of a game, right? Or do you does what you care about is is it more fun or is it? Are you looking at it I for? Mean, I, I would say like Death Training is a achievement for Kojima, and like that game engine is interesting. But, but he didn't build that engine. That's huh? that's not a Kodera, That's not a Kojima engine. Yeah, it's not the Fox engine. It's the um, Horizons, whatever the Horizon Zero Dawn engine. Oh, okay. Is. Uh, yeah, I, I think actually I made that same mistake the last time we talked about it, and you corrected me, so I think we just both forgot. Yeah. But it looks oh, like yeah, a that... Fox engine. It has that it... same kind of sheen and and cleanliness and performance that uh, Metal Gear Solid Five had. Yeah, it's that Decima engine thing. I remember that. Um, it doesn't have the texture pop of uh, of Horizon Zero Dawn, so it seems like they're using the engine better. Oh, they had two more years to work, or two, you know, two years of improvements and stuff. So, it's true, I guess. All right, this is just taking too long. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, we got somebody's got to concede here. I mean, I will just to get this over with, but I will, like I said, this list is my strong protest. <laughs> okay. Noted. And you all can write the you all can write the blurbs on your by your own damn self. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't be doing one. that! Come on now. I'll, I'll, I'll write the one shit. for Remnant and Luigi's Mansion. That's about it. Ah, <laughs> uh, hell no! Let's not let's not uh <laughs> let's not hurt the column for. I'll write a code vein blurb if desired. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, so here you go. Death Stranding is our game of the year with vehement protests by Mark. Uh, it's not a good game. <laughs> that's what half the nation says. It's not a good game. The other half yeah, is half, saying it's great. Half the, nation, half the nation also picked Trump, so you, you guys are all idiots. <laughs> let's not get political. Let, yeah, let's not get political here. No, so this is about making America whole again, Mark. <laughs> Alright, so before we go through, is there anything else we should move? Like, I, I still say Apex needs to be like 15 or something. Now, if you move Apex up, Mark might quit. I just don't <laughs> care about, no, I, I don't care about the Apex. That's the thing. And none of, like, Sean kind of does, but it's not like you're going to play it tomorrow or anything. Like, you played it for a little while, but it didn't keep your interest. Well, that's because I want to keep playing other games. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also the problem with these Battle Royale games. It's like there's such an investment in, you know, in them that you don't have time for any other crap. So, 
I'd rather play a thousand controls or fire emblems than, you know, ranking up in Apex because like, I, I don't care. <laughs> right, but that's like that's like uh, um, not putting PUBG on your list because you don't care about. You know, it's just if it's genres that we don't do. Also, Fire Emblem had way better music than Death Stranding. Well, yes. No. Well, one of them is the license, and the other no, is I, school. I, I, I can't say that. I haven't heard anything from Fire Emblem, so I, I, I really like it. No, music. Fire Emblem has great music, like it always does. It's. I, yeah, I no, also I, like I, the I music of Death Stranding. Yeah. But we've already done Mark and I. We've already done our soundtrack uh, top ten, so we don't need to rehash that. Hey, one soundtrack opened the Game Awards, and it wasn't Fire Emblem. So. <laughs> Not that that's a great. Yeah, it, it, it was. <laughs> It was the game that the guy who runs the Game Awards is in. Big shot. <laughs> yeah, that the one more. he does control. Maybe he doesn't control the voting, but he controls the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, he controls production. Yeah. So. And it's a good song. Alright, go ahead. We're done. Let's go. Yeah. Alright, so here we go. Here is the final list at 3.08 3 hours and 8 minutes in to this podcast uh-huh. uh, at least it wasn't as long as a giant bomb thing so that's a plus maybe <laughs> I don't know maybe not uh, so Judgment at 25 Remnant from the Ashes 24 Plague Tale Innocence at 23 Final Fantasy 14 Shadowbringers Expansion at 22 Cyanide Wild Hearts at 21, Pokemon Sword and Shield at 20, Apex Legends 19, Kingdom Hearts 3 at 18, it's still weird, Code Vein 17, <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 3 at 16, Astral Chain at 15, Slay the Spire 14, Del May Cry 5 at 13, Bloodstained Ritual Denied at 12, Untitled Goose Game at 11, Tetris 99 at 10, Disco Elysium at 9, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice at 8, Outer Worlds at 7, Outer Wilds at 6, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order at 5, Resident Evil 2 Remake at 4, Control 3, uh... Fire Emblem Three Houses 2 and Death Stranding number 1 we now join the leading pack of people that have put Death Stranding as the game of the year so well there you have it there's our 25 best games of 2019 that puts a cap getting through the stuff that uh, Mark did to trip you up <laughs> I'm I'm good at that by now, uh, but uh, I I know this this podcast has gone super long. I I just want a quick because 2020 is ridiculous. I bet all of us have a different prediction for game of the year in 2020, and all oh of them are fantastic games. Wow, Persona Five Royal. <laughs> no, as no. much as I'm going to love that game. Is that game even going to count? Because it's not a remake. It's a, like adding stuff on. Well, we, we had... We, we yeah, we had Catherine. It's like Catherine. Or Persona 4, the Golden. Sean, what, what do you think the game of the year is going to be next year? Well, I would think Last of Us 2 is probably going to be in the running for that. 
I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is probably going to piss off too many people, so that's not going to win, I don't think. Persona 5 Scramble. <laughs> so many Persona things. Hey, if that's half good, that's all that matters. Oh, it'll be it'll be good. It looks like it's uh, the A-team. The Musu A-team. The answer, what hey. about you? Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah I think a, a lot of people are gonna fall in love with that. I, I'm I'm a Naughty Dog loyalist, so I mean I'm a Last of Us too. Hey, I also just... I adore Naughty Dog. I loved Last of Us, but uh, I spent a full year playing The Witcher Three, and it was a life changing thing for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just that that March to May window is scary, and I agree with uh, who was I listening to. I'm blanking on the podcast now, but saying that we still haven't heard anything from Nintendo. And yeah, well, we not, we know that they're making the the two remasters or whatever. I would not and that's be it. surprised if to counteract the PlayStation Five and the new Xbox, that Breath of the Wild Two comes out this holiday season. That'd be would, crazy because that looked like it wasn't even close at E3. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they're using the same engine and stuff, so. Uh, where do you guys stand? I feel Ghost of Tsushima has a real chance of being like my super jam next year. That's the only I, one I can. I, really I, still I hope so. See more. I still haven't seen a lot of it, but it's one of those. I, I sucker punch has never gone wrong with me, mm-hmm. so I'm with you. Yeah. Well, okay. This is another podcast, so yeah. well, I was no, going to do that. I was going to do that next week. So <laughs> let's not make. The, um, one Piece Pirate Warriors Four. Yeah, man. I'm excited for that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so let, let's end this one here. Um, of course, you can hit us up on Twitter at HumanityPlague for Mark at WTimSean. Uh, Jen, Jens, what's your... Aperture Silence. At Aperture Silence like on Twitter. That. Randy doesn't get on Twitter much, but... At Randy Isville, you can go shout at him and how much you love Death Stranding too, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, we'll have the written thing up pretty soon, hopefully. If Mark doesn't really protest about all the, we will see <laughs> all the blurs, and then yeah, we'll be back. Yeah, because we still got to talk. We haven't even talked about the news from this week, and there was some. Uh, so, we'll be back at some point talking about looking ahead to 2020, which I guess, yeah. I mean, we already got con- new consoles, crazy amount of games. 2020 is going to be ridiculous. Get Go take out a loan, people, because you're going to yeah. need it. Yeah. <laughs> Psychonauts well, two, that's one that I'm. I'm really oh yes, Psychonauts two. Okay, let's let's we're gonna get those three. Too Sorry, down. I had to add them up to three. But all right, if you enjoyed listening to us, we are on everywhere that there are podcasts. Of course, uh, I forgot to do this at the beginning, but uh, we are the official video games podcast at w10net.com, and of course, thank you to. Last word on radio, last word radio, and last word online for having us uh, there as well. And yeah, uh, 
Go check us out wherever the heck you like to listen to podcasts. You can leave a review there if you want to. And we'll be back next week. Bye.